Want to go see your favorite college or pro team? Go to TickSplits. TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. Use promo code WAR and save 5% off on all purchases at TickSplits.com or on the TickSplits app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all of your favorite events. Remember, TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. That's TickSplits, T-I-X-V-L-I-T-Z.com. Visit today. Welcome to another fun-filled Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Old Chicago, along with Miss Kim McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Bryant. That's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Kim McGee on the Twitter and at Kim McGee on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports Old Chicago app today. You want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. And also, so you can catch all the five live shows throughout the week. So you happen to miss them, you can go back and watch them and listen to them at your own leisure. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app today. Speaking of Sports on Chicago, you can follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, please follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You want to catch the audio version of this broadcast, Second City Sports? You can do so by subscribing to our podcast at War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in your search engine boxes on those podcast platforms. You ready? W-A-R-R on Anchor. Once again, at War on Anchor. And give War Media a follow at W-A-R-R Media on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, that's at War Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions, do our two-hour extreme guests. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You can always hit us up on the comment section on Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll in order to do something stupid, I'm giving Lakina full power to give you fools to be a little bit boot. Bye-bye. I don't know if she says that. <laughs> But before we begin, we must remind you that Sports of Chicago, you can catch them also now on Roku TV. That's right. Sports of Chicago is now available on your Roku television. So celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports of Chicago is on Roku TV. If you have a Roku television, just tap on the sports folder and download the Sports of Chicago app through that avenue. If you don't have a Roku TV, that's okay. We know you have a bunch of handheld devices around the house, uh, in your car, your core somewhere, your iPad, iPhone, iTouch your smartphone, Android phone, uh, whatever handheld device, just download the Roku TV app and access Sports Zone Chicago through that avenue. So no more excuses. Celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports Zone Chicago is now available on Roku TV, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, live and on demand. Anytime you want, it's all right there for you. 
All right. The definition of the word change. Make someone or something different, alter or modify. Will he play something or with something else, especially something of the same kind that is newer or better? Substitute one thing for another. The act of the act or instance of making or becoming something different. Lakina, if that word doesn't describe yesterday's Bears loss to the New York Jets, I don't know what does. The Bears lose to the New York Jets by the score of 31-10. Lakina, the word change started out in during pregame warm-ups. Your show was listening to music, watching the network pregame shows. What did I get coming buzzing across my phone? Nathan Pierman starting in place of Travis Simeon. Why? Travis Simeon has a, a oblique muscle. And then after the first two snaps that Pierman took to start the game, Travis Simeon, get back in there. Now, Travis Simeon's numbers didn't look all that bad, but the Bears team as a whole looked bad. Lakina. You and I grew up in a time where we we did see some Bears teams that were good, but we, we saw a lot of bad football and up uh, through recently. But yesterday's game, Lakina, I have one word: putrid. Go. I mean, I mean that's all. I think that's one word to describe it. I mean, you know, Mike White, you know, came in. I, you could kind of tell that you know they gave that uh, Jets offense you know a little bit more refresh. Then Ejas got hurt. Then Darnell Mooney got hurt. Then mm-hmm. uh, that's when you thought, okay, yeah, this, yeah, this is going to be bad. And look, I mean, they kept the goal. You know, they kept it up for a little bit in the first half. I mean, you know, Simeon, you know, you know went down the field, helped the Bears go down the field for you know a touchdown, a uh, pass to you know Brian, Byron Pringle. I know that's our buddy, uh, Mark Grody's guy from six seven to score. I know that's <laughs> his guy. I think that's like you know, I think his first you know touchdown catch in, like in a couple of years. But it was uh, you know all, after that it was just you know all. All, you know, all mm-hmm. that they gave 158 yards uh, rush. I'm talking about the Bears. Uh, Mike right through for 315 yards, the three touchdowns. It, it was just, it wasn't good. I mean, you know, and mm-hmm. and then you know, each ass got hurt. It was a non-contact injury. You know, there hasn't been an update on that. Um, you know, Mooney has an ankle injury. He's done for the year of year. So that that came out uh, last night. So yeah, I think. Mm, and then they had you know fumbles and stuff. So it was just what they couldn't get to to White. I'm talking about the Bears defense. And all that jazz, and it just—it just was just—it was just bad, you know. The Bears fall at three and nine, while it just goes seven and four. It, it just—I let's just, just say—I watched maybe like you know five minutes, and I just said, you know what, I'm gonna go watch some, these other games because this, this is this isn't good at all. <laughs> I'll get to the Jets' angle in just a moment, but f- f- for the Bears side, the angle, as you mentioned, with the injuries to Eddie Jackson and others of course justin fields didn't play yesterday i'm sure that the outcome would have been different if he was on the field yesterday but i have to ask the obvious question lakina i know the bears had the packers coming up this week and then following by the bye week uh, the, uh, the following week do you sit justin fields for the rest of the year because right now no down there mooney no eddie jackson and we all know that this season was about finding out who's going to be on this roster for next year and moving forward and you mentioned Mr. Byron Pringle, who caught his first touchdown pass as a member of the Bears yesterday. Looks like he's going to get some more opportunities now, and it should open things up for Chase Claypool. But Chase Claypool may have a new quarterback that he's going to be uh, that's going to throw him the football. Uh, if you're evalu- evaluating this situation with open eyes instead of your uh, eyes closed uh, as a Bears fan, uh, would you sit Justin Fields for the rest of the year? I would. I think you have nothing to play for at this point. No. Look, well, we'll see next year once he have you know better weapons and such. But I think at this point, he really there's really no sense in playing him the rest of the season. I mean, you're not paying for anything. Yeah, you might position yourself to get a top you know three pick or whatever, but you don't want to injure him even more. Especially you know we, we heard the different 
variations of the injury. First, the AC joint, then it isn't. Then he may only need like a rest, but then he might miss the rest mm-hmm. of the season. So you know, make up your minds. I mean, if you, if it, that's your if that's your feeling that you just want to maybe you're better off sitting him out for the rest of the season, you might have to do just that. You're listening to Second City Sports uh, on the Fun Film Monday edition. Uh, right here on Sports on Chicago, we're live in the living color. Sid Lakina here hanging out with you, discussing the Bears' 31-10 loss to the New York Jets in East Rutherford, New Jersey at MetLife Stadium yesterday. Lakina, uh, st- sticking with the Bears, h- here's the thing. I know many fans won the top draft pick. You'll probably end up with number two or number three if you end up with four victories, five victories, half a bit, according to some Bears fans, maybe even six. But let's just say you used to secure at least a top three top five pick can you tell me right now that 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 topic that many of you bears fans want right now can you guarantee me that 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 do you trust this management to select the the correct player at that spot and can you tell me that that that's gonna that player is gonna be an impact player for you starting next year and going forward i know many of you bears fans want that pick i know it's attractive i know ryan paul's trying to uh pile up picks he couldn't do that as much uh, last offseason. Uh, he has more draft picks than uh, I have uh, fruits and vegetables in my house uh, as of right now. But can, can you guarantee me that that, that first-round draft pick is going to bring instant success uh, next year? No one can say that right now. You may want it, but just be careful what you wish for. It, yeah, it's sort of one of those things where you just don't know. I mean, you don't know how he's going to spend the money. I know people say, well, they have 170, what, 125 or something like that million dollars mm-hmm. or 70 or 175, I guess, total, but he's not going to spend all of that. So I don't want to, other guys say, I don't, well, we'll have more time talking about this, you know, because I don't want to, because we got other better games to talk about. But yeah, I think this whole thing, we you know, with, with the, you know, with everything else, I mean, just, just sit everybody for the rest of the year. You have no, you know, we'll, 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 let's say, we'll talk about the other stuff in due time, but we got other and better games to talk about. Okay. Like I said, I don't want to, you know, go mm-hmm. into this because we got we got time to talk about, you know, Bears, Packers, week, you know, however you feel about it, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, there, there's, yeah. you know, there, there's really like, you know, it, it has nothing to talk about here at this point. Yeah. Just, just, okay. Let's just leave it alone. Just leave one, it alone. one more quick thing, just going on to the Jets side, uh, Jets side for a moment. Did you rec- did you uh, recognize the, the up-tempo attitude mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. the camaraderie when Mike White uh, back at the helm uh, at the helm at the, at the quarterback for the Jets yesterday Zach Wilson uh, of course he was, he, he was doing the right things and high-fiving his teammates and things along the, uh, that nature but did you uh, did you uh, recognize the camaraderie that those guys had around Mike White yesterday uh, if you're Robert Sala this is a no-brainer here Mike White's a quarterback going forward Elijah Ward got a touchdown catch I mean I think I know he was you know trying not to you know complain too much but he did yeah. get a touchdown catch yesterday. I think his first, I think, week two or three. So it, it's been a while. So you got to think that, you know, they may they may keep Mike White, you know, going forward. So, you know, we'll we'll see what happens here. You're listening to Second City Sports <laughs> on Sports on Chicago. Keenan McGee, Cindy Brown with you. Also to the defense, you know, real quick before we, you know, they got, mm-hmm. you know, they, they sat to me, and, you know, twice. They got, they pressured the quarterback uh a, a lot and you know they really they, you know, they really had to do too much i'm talking about the uh, the, the jets defense because you know, mm-hmm. they were they were scoring so they really had to do too much okay uh before we get to uh the action from yesterday uh since we weren't here on friday we were celebrating the thanksgiving holiday with along with the rest of you guys i want to get your thoughts on the three games that took place on thursday with buffalo and detroit the new york giants and the dallas cowboys and the new england patriots in the minnesota vikings first i'll start off with the bills and lions we all took the bills me christine and of course uh you did lakina the bills uh, escaped with the 28 25 victory 
Detroit, they played their hearts out, and I wasn't shocked by that performance. I don't know some of you were, but we weren't shocked by it. Uh, Buffalo uh, stayed in Detroit for the whole week due to that storm they had last week, but uh, they came out with a last-second uh, victory, uh, keeping pace with Kansas City for the best record in the AFC. Yeah, they they did, and I think you know, they're trying to keep up pace with uh, with Kansas City, of course. And you know, look, they they you know Josh Allen, you know, did what he could. You know, yeah, he had an interception, but like he had a rushing touchdown. He he let the Bills down the field to set up that that game uh, winning field goal from Tyler Bass. So yeah, you did what you're supposed to. You get out of Detroit two and zero essentially, and you can go back home and you know you know prep for uh, this Sunday's game. So pretty through all three of these games were well. I mean. There's a second one here with the uh, with the Cowboys and Giants. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the score it it, it didn't really it, it wasn't indicative to how how it was. I mean, yeah, yeah, the Giants were up 13-7 at the half, but you know the, the Cowboys kicked it into gear in the second half. Uh, that Prescott, you know, overcoming two early interceptions, they mm-hmm. caught for, he caught uh, you know he passed for two touchdowns. Zeke had one uh, rushing touchdown, and so C.D. Lamb had 106 yards, leading the way for the receivers and such. So. Wasn't the wasn't the best game for the Cowboys, but you'll take the win against your your main rival in the NFC East. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, it was a tale of two halves for the Dallas Cowboys. You mentioned with Dak Prescott, the Giants are trying to make a game of it late, but so many injuries, uh, especially with that old line for the Giants and in the mm-hmm. secondary as well. Uh, it really caught up with them. And so D- Dallas, as you mentioned, Dallas, uh, uh, we're in complete control from the second half on. Last game I want to discuss with you, and this involves some controversy. The Minnesota Vikings defeated the New England Patriots in a surprisingly high-scoring game, which was the last game on Thursday for Thanksgiving, 33-26. Hunter Henry, he was supposed to have two touchdown catches. He only ended up with one. The second one, I thought when the ball touched the line, that is supposed to count for a touchdown, but the New England Patriots got screwed. And after a replay, it, the touchdown was taken off the board. The Minnesota Vikings took over from there. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it probably should have gotten had that touch. That touchdown should have counted. But mm-hmm. nonetheless, I mean, you know, the Vikings were able to hold off uh, the Patriots. It was actually a back and forth game. Uh, you know, throughout the second half, and you know, look, the, the defense, you know, for the the Vikings did just have to slow him down in the end, and yeah, like, so, yeah, I mean that yeah that touchdown you could probably say that 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 should have counted, but you know it, it, from Hunter Henry, but you know it is what it is with that one. So you know there were there were a lot of real you know, you know questionable calls you know during the these games. So it wasn't unfortunately there was a it was a, one of the themes here from uh, this week. You know, in all three of those Thanksgiving games, a team had had trailed at some point in the second half. That marked just the second time that there were. Three such games, three such wins on Thanksgiving since the NFL went to three Thanksgiving in 2006. That was in 2010. That was just, you know, the first time that that happened. So, you know, pretty thrilling games. Like I said, if you're the Vikings, you take the win. You're 9-2. You're and two. You know, you're, you're trying to keep pace with the Eagles for that number one seed in the NFC. So, look, it wasn't – yeah, look, I mean, Kevin O'Connor even said it. But like, it wasn't the prettiest, but, you know, you're, look, you take the win if you're the Vikings. Yeah, if you're a good team, you win all kinds of ways. You want you like to dominate your opponents most of the time. But as we said before, referring to the Vikings, uh, it's, it's nice sometimes to win ugly. But uh, when you play like that, you play on the edge. Sometimes that comes back to bite you in the butt. But this was a back and forth contest, and uh, it was it was a good test for the Vikings, especially after they got uh, their doors blown off last Sunday against the. Dallas Cowboys at home. They had a couple of days just to think about it. It was a quick turnaround on last Thursday, and they got the win against the, against the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick. More Re12 recap from yesterday's games. 
Also, we'll give you a quick preview of tonight's Monday Night Football contest between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Indianapolis Colts, and we'll give you our studs and duds from yesterday's action and a whole lot more. Our football power hour continues. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Monday edition, live in the living color, right here on SportsZone Chicago. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. Oh, sorry. <laughs>
<laughs> Welcome back to Second City Sports on the Monday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you as we we're going to start recapping week 12 action from the National Football League. You have any questions about or comments about the Bears or the rest of the NFL? You always hit us up on the comment section on Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments to the comments section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, that's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow my Keenan McGee on the Twitter and my Keenan McGee on the IG. All right, Lakina, let's go to one of the best games of the day from yesterday. We'll start off in Cleveland, Ohio. I watched the majority of this game live via this computer screen where the Cleveland Browns defeated the Tampa Bay Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady and company in overtime, 23-17. Tom Brady, 29-43, 246 yards and two touchdown passes. Nick Chubb for the Browns ran the ball 26 times for 116 yards in the game winner. Touchdown in overtime. And Chris Godwin, my guy on my fantasy team, he had 12 catches for 110 yards in the first quarter touchdown. Yeah, um, the, the, the Bucks were actually up in this game, you know, up until yes, they were. You know, the, the fourth, fourth quarter. They just couldn't get it going. They couldn't put the game away. So that led to the uh, the Bucks, I mean, the Browns, I should say, to come in and, you know, tie the game. And of course, you know, Chubb would, you know, they they were you know exchanging possessions of course you know the the third the second possession that the Browns had they went down the field and of course Chubb scored the game winner and unfortunately we saw Tom Brady's comments afterwards Tristan Wirfs you know another one of his most trusted O linemen he got hurt he's going to be out for mm-hmm. three to four weeks with uh, I think it was, I think I saw it was a sprained MCL so you know the problems continue with that O line for the Bucks so he was sacked four times I'm talking about Brady so this this mm-hmm. you know they're they're five and six you know they still lead the division but. You know, unfortunately, you got the Falcons and the Panthers sort of like right there behind them. So it's going to be it's going to be tough. And I I feel like this is sort of one of those cases where they let the game slip away. And look, look, good for the Browns. They're they're four and seven. They probably they may have an outside shot of trying to get into the 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 plate one of the wild card spots. But it's not a good loss of your not a good loss of your Tampa Bay. Yeah, two of those four sacks for the Browns came from Miles um, Miles Garrett. Uh, he really played his butt off yesterday. And number two, Lakina, did you check out that catch from David Njoku, the Browns tied in, mm-hmm. which tied yeah. the game, which led to overtime? That was an incredible catch. Jonathan Vilma on the Fox broadcast, he got out of the seat for that one. I was mm-hmm. like, well, it was a very good catch. So I give David Njoku, who had his issues the last couple of years, but he really made a big catch yet yesterday, which led to the Browns' victory in overtime. Next first, up. First, yeah, they're first. The Browns' first. OT touchdown says yeah going back to 1991 when uh, David Brandon had a pick six against the then then uh, San Diego Chargers. Oh, the beginnings of the head coach Bill Belichick mm-hmm. or Bill Belichick as we call him on this show. <laughs> oh, All right, that's enough said. <laughs> Let's go to Nashville, Tennessee, where the Tennessee Titans uh, uh, blow a late lead uh, to the Cincinnati Bengals. As Cincinnati comes out with a 20 to 16 win, this this was the first time these two teams matched up since last year's. Second round playoff matchup. Of course, the Bengals uh, got the best of the Titans. Then they get the best of them uh, here again yesterday. Ryan Tannehill for the Titans, 22 of 34, 291 yards passing. And Sammy P. Ryan for the Bengals, 17 carries, 58 yards and a touchdown. T. Higgins, who has done a magnificent job filling in for the injured Jamar Chase, seven catches, 114 yards and a touchdown. 
Yeah, this is sort of one of those games where if you're in Tennessee and if it comes down to typers when it comes to seeding, this could definitely be one of those games that come back to bite you in the butt. I mean, they had the early, they had the late lead, you know, of course, you know, bro, you know, that goes down the field and such. So they really they couldn't put this game away if you're, you know, for the Titans. And look, you know, they gave mm-hmm. the Bengals credit. They're they're you know what three and one since Jamar Chase is uh, or two and one or something like that since Jamar Chase's mm-hmm. injury. So. You know, they've you know, kept things afloat. I think he is supposed to be back, I believe, this Sunday. Of course, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll check on that through, through the rest of this week. But, you know, they're, they're keeping themselves afloat. You know, they're 7 and 4. They're still right there to think of it in the AFC North. Yeah, both teams are now 7 and 4 in the year in terms of seeding the Bengals, of course, on the tiebreaker because of yesterday's victory. Let's go down to South Beach next, where the Miami Dolphins dominated Lovey Smith's Houston, Texas, 30 15. To a tongue of a lova is making believers of a whole lot of people, including yours truly. 22 of 36 with 299 yards in the touchdown. Uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., uh, the running back, the, the new addition uh, as far as running backs are concerned for the Miami Dolphins. He had 13 carries, 39 yards in the touchdown. And Tyreek Hill, six catches for 85 yards. And Mr. Veron McKinley, the third, had a pick six, his first of his career for the Dolphins. Yeah, they were up 30 to nothing at halftime. They really didn't have to do too much after that. I mean, those 15 points were kind of garbage points for the Texans. So that that it wasn't as close as it, as it looked. So it sort of, you know, they had two interceptions. We'll talk about the Dolphins defense. You know, mm-hmm. Tua did his thing. And, of course, Jeff Wilson had already making an impact. So it really, like I said, he really didn't do too much. He was sacked four times. So I'll talk about Tua. So that mm-hmm. could come back to bite them in the butt because that O-line is sort of, you know, questionable for the Dolphins. But again, you know, they haven't really had to do anything this you know, just yet. So we'll see what happens as it goes down the line. But, you know, and, uh, you know they did what they were supposed to do against uh, a bad team like the Texans. Yeah, shout out to a friend of the show, Spiro Diaz, who called that game for CBS Sports. Mm-hmm. He did a nice job. I know he had a doozer in the, sec- doozer in the second half because the Dolphins, as you mentioned, they were up uh, 30 to nothing at halftime. Of course, now the Dolphins improved their record to 8-3. Eight and, eight and They're coming for Buffalo for that top spot in the AFC East Division. So, Look out for those Miami Dolphins. To our nation's capital, we go next, where the Washington Commanders improved their record to 7-5 after defeating the Atlanta Falcons 19-13. Marcus Mariota for Atlanta, 15-25, 174 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Mr. Robinson, who has Mr. Brian Robinson Jr. for the Washington Commanders, their rookie running back, 18 carries for 105 yards, and Lakina the Washington Commanders defense, they stepped up when they had to. They shut out, it almost shut out Atlanta, just holding the Atlanta Falcons offense to three points in the second half. Yeah, I mean, Atlanta had their chances to win this game. This is a back-and-forth game for a little bit, but, you know, the Commanders defense stepped it up. Of course, Atlanta, they weren't able to put any scoring drives. So, I mean, you know, they're 7-5. and five. I'm talking about the Commanders. So, mm-hmm. you know, Taylor Heineke is still doing his thing, you know, with two touchdowns. You know, had an interception, but really didn't do too much. It was really more, like I said, their defense had kind of like stepped up when they needed to. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, can they keep it up? But, yeah, if you're Atlanta, you you have multiple chances to try to get these wins, especially if it comes out of tiebreakers especially. Mm-hmm. This could, again, this could come back to bite them in the butt. So they fall to five and seven. If you're Ron Rivera, as, uh, as we've been saying for the last few weeks, Carson Wentz, whenever you get healthy, you stay right there on the bench, young man. And number two, Taylor Heineke, thank you for saving my job <laughs> like you did a couple years ago when we went to the playoffs of 2020. So everything's looking up 
a good up for the commanders right now. They still have to play the Eagles and they still have to play the Giants. I think they still have to mm-hmm. play the Cowboys one more time. Yeah. So Washington's yeah. gonna have to like to say who wins at NFC East. So like I said, we'll get to Philadelphia uh, uh, in a few minutes, but uh, don't do not count out th- this commanders team. Uh, they're very uh, they are a very good team. Uh, two speaking of Carolina and Lakina in that in, bad NFC South, uh, they defeated the Denver Broncos twenty three to ten yesterday in Charlotte, North Carolina. Sam Darnold eleven of nineteen for one hundred sixty four yards and a touchdown. Deontay Foreman for the Panthers ran the ball twenty four times for one hundred thirteen yards and DJ Moore four catches for one hundred three yards in the score. Yeah, there were definitely some uh, things that were real going on there. Of course, Darnell with his uh, Darnell with his you know, nice first game back. You know, Dante mm-hmm. Foreman, you know, with 113 uh, rushing yards and, and such. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Broncos ugh, just just not, not a good look for the Broncos. Um, you know, Russell Wilson, Mike Purcell got into it. He got into his uh, his grill. So you know, <laughs> we don't know. You know. Nothing will really transpire there. I guess they're not riding with him anymore. Of course, the Broncos fall to three and eight. They're one and a five on the road. So, you know, not, not, nothing good for the Broncos uh, at this point, you know, especially with uh, Wilson uh, under center. But yeah, the Panthers look a nice win for them. And look, I mean, they let it, you know, they'll probably be near 500 had not been let a couple of games slip away. But mm-hmm. you take this win, you know, you know what you're supposed to do. You take the win against, uh, against the Broncos. Real quick before we move on, do you, do you think it's only a matter of time, even though it's new ownership with the Denver Broncos now, do you think it's a matter of time before Nathaniel Hackett will begin his pink slip and link card at the end of the year? If they don't, I mean, if they don't finish strong, yeah. I think, it's like you said, the, 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 it wasn't that ownership that, that hired him. So, mm-hmm. and I'm sure they'll, they'll find the money to, uh, for, the, for, to, for the buyout. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the season, especially if they don't finish strong, if they, they lose the rest of their games, they might be, I'll say, it might be, you know, might be one and done with him. All right, to the last of the early games, let's go back to the state of Florida where uh, an upset took place yesterday. The Jacksonville Jaguars, that's right, the Jacksonville Jaguars defeated the Baltimore Ravens by the score of 28-27. to The Jaguars uh, uh, clinched the victory with the two-point conversion at the end of the game. Trevor Lawrence for the Jaguars, 29-37, 321 yards and three touchdown passes. Lamar Jackson led... The Ravens are rushing 14 carries for 89 yards. And Zay Jones for Jacksonville, 11 catches for 149 yards, 45 yards. Yeah, look, we remember that the Ravens had a shot to uh, win it. You know, but you know, Justin Tucker's mm-hmm. 67-yard field goal was just a little bit, you know, just you know, way short. So yeah, he didn't so miss maybe, it by much. Yeah, I'll say if it had been a, maybe a yard closer, maybe, you know, this is one of those, another one of those days where your know, loss could come back to bite them in the butt. This is like, a, what, with the third game that – the Ravens, you know, have were up, you know, by two scores at least. Mm-hmm. And then of course they ended up, you know, you know, Gus took Gus Edwards, you know, started that, you know, your fumble. We'll, we'll, we'll get to them in a second. You know, my and does, but yeah, your fumble <laughs> deep in uh, your own territory. You set up that, that game when you touchdown drive and look, kudos to Peterson for going for two there. And they, you know, they got it. And, you know, yeah, I mean, I know the Jaguars, so they're, they're four and seven. You know, I know they had a couple of games too, but yeah, if you're the Ravens, this was your shot to kind of put the division away and that, and you haven't. So I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah. Baltimore is now seven and four. The Jaguars are four and seven. Now one is six and one score games so far this season. You're listening to second city sports or sports on Chicago. We're live in the living color on the Monday edition. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. As we recap the week 12 action from the national football league, let's go to the late game. So we'll start out in the desert where 
uh, Brandon Staley's Los Angeles Chargers, or as we call them on this program, the San Diego Chargers of Los Angeles. They improved their record to six and five after scoring the two point conversions and clinched their comeback victory yesterday over the Arizona Cardinals 25 24. Justin Herbert, 35 for 47, 274 yards and three touchdown passes. James Carter ran the ball hard for the Birds 25 times for 120 yards. D Hop, best the kids will call him, DeAndre Hopkins. For the Arizona Cardinals, four catches, 87 yards in the first quarter touchdown. Yeah, uh, the Cardinals were up uh, for a little bit. And, of course, you know, uh, you know Chargers, you know, of course, you know, mm-hmm. Justin Herbert let them down the field. They they go for two. And, of course, they get it. Of course, you know, Brandon Staley, I, I guess. The, uh, going for, a lot of guys, you know, going for twos in this game. So, I guess they figured that, you know, of course, it worked. Of course, he would probably have done it last year, too. So, if you're the, you're the Cardinals, you get another uh, comeback game, slip away. You know, the Chargers trying to kind of like keep up in that a wild card slot in the AFC six and five. But yeah, I mean, you know, I watched this game a little bit and I, and I was sort of like, you know, like that the defense kind of gave up, you know, you know, gave up that that drive for the Chargers. You know, I'm talking about the Cardinals defense. And yeah. Of course, mm-hmm. it, it was just one of those things where you're, you're kind of like, okay, you went for two and you got it. If you had missed it, you probably thought you were crazy. So I would say go for the go with the odds. You know, that that's just me. But, you know, yeah, nice one for the Chargers, though. <laughs> yeah, the Arizona Cardinals, they will annoy you at times. They now drop their record to four, and they, they were in control of this game. I did watch some of this game, too, live via this computer screen, and they, they should have won this game, but uh, props to the Chargers. They need this game more than the Arizona Cardinals did. So like you said, Lakina, uh, the Chargers are going to make the playoffs. Uh, they're not going to overtake Kansas City in the AFC West. They, lo- they lose the ser- season series to them, two games to none, but that wild card race in the AFC should be interesting going down the century as we head towards the month of December. Let's go to the Emerald City in Seattle, Washington next, as the other game of the day took place where the Las Vegas Raiders defeated the Seattle Seahawks 40-34 to in overtime. Geno Smith for the Seahawks, 27-37, to 328 yards and two touchdown passes. He also had a fumble, which led the Raiders back in the game. Josh Jacobs, who scored the game winner in overtime, he had 33 carries for 229 yards and two touchdowns. And DK Metcalf, who had one of those catches taken away from him earlier in the game, which was the correct call, by the way. Well, I'm sure we'll get into that. He had 11 receptions for 90 yards. Yeah, going back to Josh Jacobs, if you had him in your fantasy uh, team, you know, thank God I wasn't, you know, facing somebody that had him because you know, Same I here. lost. <laughs> yeah, you know, the fourth field came to fourth play of the Super Bowl era with 300 uh, scrimmage yards and two touchdowns in the same game. He's the first since Adrian Peterson to do that. Set the single single game rushing yards record. You know, he did in 07, talking about AP. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he finished with a 303 scrimmage yards, the most in a game in Raiders franchise history and his walk-off 86-yard uh TD is the fourth longest overtime TD from scrimmage in NFL history and the Raiders' longest play from scrimmage this season. So, you know, back-to-back overtime uh, wins for them. And if you're Seattle, you had your shot because, you know, you, you were up there, but, yeah, you lost a couple in a row. And now, you know, you've got, like, you know, the 49ers kind of, you know, creeping at you. I think they've already passed them in uh, their for the division, Sandy. So, yeah, so you're, you're starting to kind of get a little bit of a, you know, your cracks a little bit. But this is actually a competitive game, oddly enough. So who I actually ended up watching most of this game because we had it here in Chicago, three mm-hmm. o'clock slate since it was a single header for CBS this week. But uh, yeah, this was actually a pretty entertaining game and a great performance by Josh Jacobs. He wants yep. that many. He wants that bag. Remember, his, his yeah, <laughs> yeah, he earned it yesterday. Yeah, yeah, last year was rookie deal. So. Yep, uh, he earned he earned that yesterday. Oh, one more play before we move on. Did you uh, ha- see that one-handed catch by Deontay Devontae yeah. Adams? 
in yeah, that second that was crazy. half. Yep, that was Woo. crazy. Yeah, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, you're not the only one that has one-handed catches now, so you have some competition there. So, uh, uh, great job by Devontae Adams. So let's go to uh, Kansas City, Missouri. Next, we're at the Chiefs. You get a 26-10 win over the depleted, injured Los Angeles Rams, the defending champion Los Angeles Rams. Patrick Mahomes, 27-42, 320 yards and a touchdown. He also had an interception as well. Isaiah Pacquiao, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, he had 22 carries, 69 yards and a touchdown. Travis Kelsey, perhaps the best tight end in the league today. He had four catches for 57 yards in the first quarter touchdown. Yeah, um, you know the Raiders give them credit for you know, you know sticking staying with the uh, the Chiefs for as long as they did. Of course, mm-hmm. you know Bryce Perkins, you know didn't make too much mistakes, but he had you know two interceptions, especially in the fourth quarter that kind of put the game away mm-hmm. for the Chiefs. So they really, like I said, the Chiefs really didn't impress me much. You know, the, in this game, this just should have been a blowout, especially with the Rams being shorthanded. So you know, give the Rams credit for at least staying with the Chiefs as long as they did. But you know, you know how Chiefs fans are; they're gonna say, "Hey, we got the number one seed right now. They're nine and two. But look, they've got they still got some a couple of tough games left. So I, I wouldn't, you know, give them the number one seed in AFC just yet. But you know, you did what you're supposed to do against uh, I guess a, a depleted Rams team. Let's go to the Bay, Bay Area next, where the last of the of the late games took place. The San Francisco 49ers dominated. They did defensively. Uh at least they dominated the New Orleans Saints 13 to nothing. Jimmy Garoppolo, Lakina. Ray Ray Kopchak and Christine's uh, crush all their crushes. <laughs> he was 26 of 37 for 222 yards and a touchdown. Elijah Mitchell returning from injury for the 49ers. He had seven carries for 35 yards. Brandon Ayuk for the 49ers had five catches for 65 yards. Jerron Jennings had the only touchdown of the game for either team. That was an incredible catch off of the deflection by Saints uh, defensive mm-hmm. back Teron Matthew. Yeah, it was sort of, you know, like they really had to do too much over the point ers I mean, because the Saints, you know, didn't really look really good. They couldn't get drives going. You know, they're already um, – they tried to, you know, try to chase Taysom Hill, Hill out there, but, you know, he rushed right 13 yards, but didn't really – he couldn't really do too much either. So that's mm-hmm. really it for them. So the point ers you know, like you did just enough to win this game. You didn't lose any guy, anybody to injury either. So I think that that helps them as well. So – you know, yeah, I mean, look, it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't the prettiest, but look, you, you'll take the win if you're uh, the 49ers. Yeah, as you mentioned, Lakina, the 49ers are now 7-4 on the season. They passed the Seattle Seahawks uh, for uh, for the t- top standing in the NFC West. That was a big loss for Seattle yesterday. Now they trail the San Francisco by one game. You could say by two games because, remember, Seattle lost, mm-hmm. to, lost to the 49ers in San Francisco mm-hmm. early on in the season, so. It's almost like they're trailing by them by two games now. So as we said before, with the AFC, the NFC could be interesting too with the wild card races as we head into the last month of the season. Now to Sunday night football, where the Green Bay Packers get smashed by the Philadelphia Eagles by the score of 40 to 33. Aaron Rodgers for the Packers leaves the game in the third quarter with a rib injury. He already has a busted busted thumb. I'll ask you about Aaron Rodgers in just a moment, Lakina. But first, these statistics. Jalen Hurts for the Eagles, 16 to 28, 153 yards and two touchdowns. And he also ran the ball 17 times for 157 yards. And Mr. Christian Watson for the Packers, perhaps a, a young up-and-coming wide receiver for them in the future. He had four catches, 110 yards in the score. Lakina, if you took the over in this game, congrats to you because I didn't see this many points coming from both these teams. 
Yeah, I don't think anybody, people thought this could be like maybe like a 21 17 type of score, or mm -hmm. 20, you know, 14 or 13. But, you know, no one thought it would be a 40 33. But look, you give, give the Packers credit for, you know, staying with the Eagles as long as they did, of course. You know, mm -hmm. Rodgers got hurt with that oblique uh, injury. You know, Jordan Love, you know, came in, let the let let them know the field. It went six and you know, you know, six or five or six from that uh from that you know going out of the field and they got a touchdown to kind of say that, but it was really their defense that kind of let them down. 300, 383 total rushing yards for uh for the Eagles. That's like the second most in their franchise history. The 363 yards is also the most, you know, the Packers have given up in a game since you know, 1977 when they did it against the Bears, they gave it 375 yards in that game in 1977. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so, you know, it's also, too, of course, you know, Hurts, you know, threw for 153 yards and ran for 157. So, mm -hmm. uh, big, big numbers, for, you know, for him. They couldn't, you know, the defense couldn't really stop him, you know, couldn't stop Hurts. So, I mean, again, this is sort of one of those games where no one thought, you know, but again, as for, as for Aaron Rodgers, I mean, you know, I mean, if, if he's eligible to play, uh, next, you know, this Sunday against the Bears. I'm sure he's going to try and do it just a second to the Bears one more time. <laughs> I was going to ask you, do you sit him now for the rest of the year? Oh no, I, th I think maybe after the Bears game because you know he's going to try to, uh, uh, you know, play the Bears so they can stick it to him one more time. Or oh, after so, the Bears game, you would sit him. <laughs> oh well, no, no, I don't think they'll they'll do that, especially if he's still at least at like the 80 percent. But you can tell it, it's mm -hmm. not the thumb and now the oblique injury. So yeah, it's not looking good for him at this at this juncture, but. You know, look for the Packers. I mean, it might be, you know, you had to say a lot of guys, you know, it's not happening. They're four and eights. They can win five in a row and still would be short of making the playoffs, you know, with the, with the, with the extra wild card. So, yeah, I don't think you're going to see a 9 and 8 team in the NFC make it to the playoffs this year. If you do, it's going to be one because the NFC, you know, we say it's wide open. It's, it's too stacked and you have too many good mm -hmm. teams. So, like, so even the Packers went out, it, it's still going to be difficult. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, live in 11 color on the Monday edition. I'm saying this, Lakina, before we give you our quick preview of, of tonight's Monday Night Football contest. Let's, let us give you our studs and duds from yesterday's game. So, Lakina, I'll start with you. Who are your three studs? Uh, I'll, I'll say Mike White, uh, you know, the first QB uh, in NFL history to have multiple games with at least 75 completion percentage, also 300 <laughs> passing yards, and three passing touchdowns in his first uh, four starts. Uh, I'll give it to Trevor Warren for that great uh, drive, that game-winning drive. Um, I guess the the Ravens, even though I had the par had the parlay, so they he ruined my parlay, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad he's doing. I'm glad you know he was able to get that get that going as well. I'll say the San Francisco, uh, specifically their defense. I mean, they have 30, 90, 94 straight uh, uh, game minutes of shutout defense, and their four straight game with uh, with second half shutouts. So that you know that. If they get it, I'm sure they'll probably, you know, the, the division is probably in their hands now, but that's one of the big reasons why, especially now mm -hmm. that they're getting healthy on defense. So those are my three studs. My three studs, uh, you took one of them, but I'll still give it as my bonus study. Anyway, my uh, my third, my first stud would be the San Francisco 49ers defense. They had a shutout yesterday. And plus, I started in my fantasy league. It helped me right now lead D from the Dean Davis show, a.k.a. Demon Sproul. So, yay for me. He here for the San Francisco 49ers defense. They gave me 21 points. So shout out to them. Nick Chubb would be my second stuff from the Cleveland Browns. He had 116 yards in the game winner in overtime for Cleveland to upset Tampa Bay. And my third stud will be Mr. Brian Robinson Jr. 18 carries for 100, 
five yards as the Washington Commanders beat the Atlanta Falcons 19 and 13. Did you check out Mr. Robinson's hat doing post game yesterday? Yeah, his hat was uh, is bigger than his head. And I guess he and his, uh, I think he said his cousin or his brother, they have uh, their own hat company. They design hats and such. So I think that's one of the hats from their collection. So I'm sure I'm sure we'll be getting a nice a little uh, uh, boost in business. So, uh, yeah, if Washington good. keeps winning. I'll keep wearing it too. <laughs> yeah, I'll say yeah. So yeah, but that that's a big hat though. My goodness, head's not that big. Oh well, whatever. Uh, so you're going <laughs> with three duds. Oh well, yeah, I will say my three duds. Uh, Denver. I mean, it looks like uh, Nathaniel Hackett will begin his pink slip and his link card before by the time the season's over with with new ownership. I know they're not happy with their performance so far. I know they'll mm-hmm. probably feel like they're stuck with uh, Russell Wilson, but I'm sure they can get rid of the the, the hackers. So don't be surprised if you see him uh, leaving uh, Baltimore. You're this is like the third time I've had Baltimore in my doghouse this year. Gus, uh, <laughs> Gus, you know Gus, Gus Edwards. You know what are you doing? What are you doing? I mean, really, really with the with the fumble deep in your own territory, really. And uh, yeah, you know they you should put that game away. So like. You know, it is what it is with them. Uh, who are my, my third? I guess Arizona for blowing that, that you know, double-digit lead. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, it's sort of <laughs> – yeah, I don't know what happened uh, there, that last drive. that you know, like They had their chances. I think I think they actually had a shot to get an interception that would have, you know, ended that drive and would have ended the game, but they weren't able to, mm-hmm. to come up with the INT. So, you know, that, that it is what it is there. Also, my, my, my bonus to – I'll say Tampa. Cause like I don't I don't know what's you know, like you know Worfs is off, which is really your your the last good old lineman you had left that was healthy. Now he's gonna be now he's gonna be out for about a month. So you look luckily yep. they're in the winnable division, but mm. uh, I'll still one of your duds, and, and that's the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Like I said, I'll, uh, just like you, yeah, I was watching some of that game live via red zone and via this computer screen, and they had their chances to win, and they just couldn't. Hold on to uh, uh, hold on to the video so they let it slip away. My second dud, no, not the Chicago Bears. We talked enough about them, so they're in the island by themselves. Um, my second dud will be the the New Orleans Saints offense. Uh, what you say? Say what offense? They score no points. That's why my second dud. <laughs> okay, <laughs> if you saw that game yesterday, you know why. And my third dud will be the Houston Texans, just because. <laughs> and it's not because of love either. No, no. So yeah, they, they got they their own, they got their own issues. Uh, right. Uh, Cle- yeah, they played Cleveland, and I guess you know this is gonna be like the first game that Sean Watson will be back. You know, for be eligible to come back for. Mm-hmm. So interesting enough, you know, our buddies real is will have the call of that game. So I'm sure. He and he and Jay and uh, Aditi will have a play. We'll, we'll talk more about that game on Friday. But yeah, going into the, uh, that's you know the, those are our studs and does for Week Twelve. As the second seed sports on Sports on Chicago, Lakeena McGee, Cindy Brown, with you as we wrap up our first hour. Steelers and Colts are your Monday night game, and I am trying to double check, but I don't, I don't think there's a. I do not think there's going to be a. a a manning cap. I'll check real there, quick. Yeah, I. I mean, I wish there was. Though, that would have been because uh, I think only Troy and uh, uh, Joe could do so much. But yeah, for me, I think the Steelers. I mean, I'm sure you know, with the Colts. No manning cast tonight. Well, yeah. So I'm sorry, folks. Yeah, I've got. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think the keys for me in, in this game with with this, I, I feel like you. Know, you look at there's there's definitely more energy with the Colts. You know, with Jeff Saturday uh, mm-hmm. taking over, but. 
you wonder though, you're always gonna get a fight, you know, from these Steelers teams. So this, this could be one of those like nine, six, you know, six, three kind of games. No, I do not like those by what uh, Sid tells you. I've been telling you guys for years, I do not like those epic games. <laughs> but if you are if you are old school, this could be a, a game for you. So it'll be interesting to see like which team which team kind of like you know comes out. But uh yeah, but yeah, it's gonna be interesting what I mean. Look, these two teams have always you know played very well against each other, so it'll be entertaining though. I, I will say that. How entertaining, I don't know. Yeah, I think it'll come down to the running games for both these teams. John the Taylor for the Colts side on the Steelers side. You have Najee Harris. Let's see how Matt Ryan plays tonight. You know, he got that big boost a couple of weeks ago um, with uh, giving Jeff Saturday his first victory against the Raiders. He had that 39-yard run. He also played better as well, so uh, he's getting the, uh, getting new life. On the flip side, Kenny Pickett for Pittsburgh. We'll see how he, he can handle the pressure on the primetime stage on the road. Yeah, it's gonna be too. This, this should be a fun, fun one in that aspect of it. We'll see how he does. First Monday night game for Mr. Pickett, so it'll be interesting to see how he he goes. Uh, he how he does as well. He said, "I made the run game. If you're the Colts, I would say give the ball to Jonathan Taylor. Just let him you know mm -hmm. go go to town because that run defense for the Steelers is not very good. So we addressing to see you know what if they try to do that. Yeah, what? How? What's up, Brand? What's up, uh, Brandon? Our girl, our guy from uh." Hey Brandon. So, so from uh from uh the sports social people yeah. So it should be it'll be interesting. But like I said, don't be surprised if it is one of those six three nine six type of games. But uh yeah, real quick, Lakina. We uh -huh. I know we got a break for uh, for the top of the hour. How much butt kiss do you think ESPN will give to Jeff Saturday tonight? <sighs> What's the is there, is there <laughs> look? Is there look? I look. We love Jeff Saturday, but is there over under on that? I mean, you know, but <laughs> is there over under? <laughs> Is there an over under? I mean, I think if you, I would take the over if there is an over under on it. So uh, yeah, we just see how much you know, love you know that they, they they get. But yeah, it's gonna be interesting. But they, I'm sure they like Mike Tomlin too. So we'll just see what uh what happens in this game tonight. Should be it should be interesting one to say the least. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two straight ahead as you're listening to the Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live and in living color. Sit in Lakina. When we return, we have. The NBA at large to talk about the Chicago Bulls. They're on their current uh, six-game West Coast road trip. May, may we see a lineup change soon? Or could we see something else? We'll give you the details. And the White Sox are out here making moves. We'll give you the information on that too. Plus, we'll have college football action to recap. And we'll have old school TV Monday and a whole lot more. So stick right there. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to Second City Sports live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. lane no not at all are you not paying attention are you texting i was just checking in with my mom i was telling her that i thought we'd be home by six it's okay there's enough time just pay attention i'm not even halfway through my text there's no way i'm not even going to look up my babies are in the car you have to pay attention it's supposed to be a quick text i'm so sorry Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DODEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. 
The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference. Welcome back to our number two of Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Mr. Lakeem Nagui, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow your Shirley on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. If you want to get at us via this comment section, you can always hit us up at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. Lakina, let's kick off our number two of this fabulous program the, for the Monday edition by discussing the Chicago Bulls and the NBA at large. The Chicago Bulls, who are now 8 and 11 on the year, they're on their third game of their six game West Coast road trip. They'll face the Utah Jazz tonight. In the Salt Lake City at eight o'clock locally here on NBC Sports Chicago. Those those of you in the state of Utah, uh, AT and T Sports Net, Rocky Mountains. For the rest of you, NBA League Pass. Lakina, before we uh, give a quick preview of tonight's game, uh, let's review so far uh, the road trip. Uh, they defeated the Milwaukee Bucks finally with Giannis on the court last Yay. Wednesday by eight points. We'll give them a couple Yay. claps for that. But the day after Thanksgiving, first winning, last yeah, Friday. First they, they lose to OKC. We told you guys that OKC, the Oklahoma City Thunder, yes, they're a young team. They're not going anywhere this year, but they have a few young guys that can mm -hmm. give give some teams some trouble. We saw that last Friday, Lakina. And I know many of you Bulls fans haven't watched OKC. I watched a couple of their games this year, by the way. But we told you about Josh Giddy. We know about Shia, Shia uh, Gildas Alexander. Both of them did their thing on Friday, especially with Alexander nailing those free throws in overtime. Lakina, uh, just a couple observations for the Bulls so far. 
I like DeMar DeRozan, as we said, uh, coming into the season. I think he's going to have a good year. But if you want him to duplicate what he did last year, okay, you're going to pay a price. The price is he's going to score 40 points or more, but the other, uh, the, uh, the rest of his teammates are going to stand around, and you're going to pay a hefty price. You notice this year when DeMar DeRozan scores 35 points or more, the Bulls lose. The, the basketball has to move, and Zach Levine, especially on the defensive end, he has to play a whole lot better. You notice when DeMar takes over, the rest of the guys stand around. But when the ball's moving, everybody else gets involved. This team, this Bulls team does much better. Yeah, it's, yeah. going back to that, uh, that Bucks win is their first uh, win, I believe, since like, what, 2018 or something like that, or 2017, I guess, since um, since what's called, uh, since Giannis joined the league. So, yeah, that's a big win for them in, in Milwaukee. Now, there were a couple of calls in that Friday game that, that kind of felt, you know, Shy got away with a couple of the calls there. So, I kind of feel not not made excuses, but I kind of feel like there were some calls mm-hmm. that kind of should have went the other way. But it is what it is there now. I know some of the OKC OKC you know, you know never watched the OKC game probably the last since uh, Duran and Westbrook and Harden were yeah. together. <laughs> so uh, you know, but they have actually a pretty decent squad. So you know, I mean, this could have been a, this was a track game for the Bulls, and unfortunately, it ended up being just that. I thought they had a chance to kind of pull away in overtime, but. You know, Golgas Alexander was able to kind of you know draw a couple of fouls and you know nail a couple of free throws, and of course they could they miss any shots. The Bulls you know just can make their shots, especially going into that late fourth quarter that they probably should have put the game away that during regulation. But you know I digress. Now going to this Utah game uh, tonight. I mean again we'll see. I mean it looks it looks like Jokic will be back for this one. I think. Uh, I mean uh, Denver I should say, but yeah, but it looks like um it looks like Jokic will be back. I know he's been a uh, gone you know, uh, for due to uh, health and safety protocols, but it looks like they think they will happen. I know Michael Porter also has, you know, has been uh, out, you know, for health and safety pro- pro- protocols. You're talking about the folks from Denver. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, but, yeah, but even still, I mean, they, they, sh- you know, this could be an interesting uh, game. I, I think they played very close to their two meetings last, uh, last season. So it'll be interesting to see, um, Hmm. I mean, like I said, I don't know. I mean, they've had a couple of days off. I mean, with Utah, I mean, Utah, I mean, look, they've been, you know, again, you know, you know Lori, Lori Markkinen, so it's going to be a little bit of a... He's playing like an all-star this year. Yeah, I'll say, yeah, he's probably going to have his revenge. So uh, they've got a, a really solid uh, roster there. I mean, I know, I know a lot of people probably have not, have not seen Utah play a lot this year. They're 12 and 10. They've kind of fallen back to earth a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. they've, they lost a couple, they've lost a couple of games. Uh, but look, they still got Mike Conley Jr., um, you, you still got, you know, Kelly Olenek. You got uh, a pretty solid. Uh, John Clarkson, uh, too, uh, yeah, NBA six yeah, man. Yeah, Malik Beasley, Rudy Gay. So, yeah, so there, there are names on that uh, jazz mm-hmm. team. I mean, but like I said, I mean, you can kind of take advantage. They're, they're maybe, they've been kind of like falling off the radar a little bit. You know, they're 12 and 10. They fall to 12 and 10 now. So they've actually kind of fallen back to earth a little bit. I'll talk about the jazz. So mm-hmm. this should be interesting game tonight. I mean, they. Yeah, they're look. They're they're facing the Bulls are facing the Jazz at the right time. They've lost four in a row, so be interested to see what what happens. Should be it should be a fun one tonight. I mean, look if you're if you're DeRozan, I would say set the tone early. Try to get get them off mm-hmm. their game early. That's kind of been sort of the problem with the Jazz and the, 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 these four games that they lost. They've been able mm-hmm. the teams be able to set the tone early. So if you can do that, you should be able to kind of wrap it up pretty quick. But yeah, I think the Bulls. Look, yo, Levine. I know Zach. Zach knows he needs to improve on his defensive. Uh, front uh ao needs to not make too many you know, bad mistakes so yeah it'll be interesting to see but yeah this should be an interesting game tonight and also too if you're utah you think you will want to run the bulls out of the building because you're one of the youngest teams in the league the bulls can't run too but they don't have the horses like the utah jazz does as you said lakina 
the Bulls will have to set the tone early. They did that on Friday against OKC. They just couldn't sustain it, especially with that third quarter shooting, mm-hmm. uh, shooting 29%. They, they did eventually get back in the game with their defense, but they just couldn't hold on in overtime. But the Bulls must set the tone tonight, but they got to do it defensively. You know, as we mentioned, Laurie Market is having an all-star year, in my opinion. You still have Colin Sexton. You still have Jordan Clarkson. So you talk and score the basketball. Uh, the, the question is, can the Bulls play defense for an entire 48 minutes? And, and speaking of the lineup, we I saw this tweet from our guy Josh Hicks, Hicks yesterday, friend of the program for War Media, and he covers the Bulls uh, for uh, It's the Bigs Media. Uh, someone asked him about, as head coach Billy Donovan for the Bulls, about could we see a lineup change, at least a combination uh, lineup on the floor with Andre Drummond and, and Vucevic? I don't think that will be a bad idea. I don't know if you want to see that in tonight's game against Utah, but I would like to see that combination going forward, at least on the floor. I'm not saying that that should be your starting lineup, obviously, but I'd like to see Vucevic and uh, Drummond uh, 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 stay on the floor for a few minutes to see how that works out. Because remember, in Friday's game, uh OKC did whatever they wanted, uh, driving up the middle, laying it up with tip dunks mm-hmm. and things along that line. The Bulls, and that was their problem last year. Uh, defense, especially in the interior, was their Achilles heel. Anyway, it was another way to take advantage of that. So we'll see if the mm-hmm. Jazz can do that to the Bulls. But yeah, I would say maybe try it out, maybe just a few minutes, and you know, see to kind of like set the tone, especially in that interior. You'll know, use Drummond's side to kind of like you'll know, get you know get them off you know, off off balance. I'm talking about the Jazz, so. If you're the Bulls, you want to, like I said, set the tone early. You know, try to shoot well early. Try to get the defense going early. We know Laurie will get his shots. We know that uh, Clarkson will get his, you know, get his shots off the bed. So if they can get get to them early, like I said, take advantage of the fact that they've been able to kind of give up. They've given up a lot of points. Let's talk about the Jazz having their four game losing streak. So you've got a chance to try to kind of like, you know, sort of get the you know, get the set the tone early. I think that's going to be the key here against them tonight. Yeah, so you can catch tonight's game locally on NBC Sports Chicago at 8 o'clock Chicago time. The rest of you nationally, you can catch that game on NBA League Pass. Lakina, let's discuss the NBA at large. The Golden State Warriors, it uh, looks like things are starting to turn around for them. They defeated the Minnesota Timberwolves on, in, on Sunday's action, 137 to 114. And speaking of the Utah Jazz, I had the chance to catch some of that Warriors Jazz game from Friday. Mm-hmm. The Warriors dominated Jazz by double digits. Uh, are we finally starting to see some signs of life on the Golden State Warriors team? Yeah, 33 points for uh, Steph in that game. And like, like I said, like I said before, I mean, they give up a lot of points about Utah. So again, mm-hmm. if you're the Bulls, you want to try to shoot well and shoot well early and get to them early. And that's what the that's what the Warriors did against the Jazz on Friday. And I saw a little bit of this game. And look, Steph, you know, being Steph, you know, 33 points leading the way. Um, you know, sort of kind of taking advantage of some of those, uh, some of those sort of like mismatches there. There was, you know, Jordan Poole had 19 off the bench. All five stars for the Warriors were double figures in that ge- in that game. So yeah, they were able to kind of get take advantage of the scoring and get to them early. And they were making their shots. So that's why the Warriors were able to kind of pull away from Utah. They made it close. You had to talk about Utah, but it really didn't matter after that. So that's why they were they were uh, the Warriors were able to pull it off. Now. Another team that's having a you know a pretty a decent uh, week was the uh, the Suns. They pulled away from the Lakers on Tuesday. They edged out the Jazz, you know, by one on Friday. So you know, a nice nice showing there by you know, you know on Saturday I should say. But yeah, they mm-hmm. they caught them after that. But yeah, it's sort of one of those games where it looks like Phoenix is sort of kind of get things going going themselves. And look, I I I feel like it. You know, this will be interesting. Like I said, the the, the Suns are kind of like kind of like getting right there because they kind of teetered a little bit, but they're they're uh, they're going back up. 
Yeah, and they're dealing with issues, especially to that star point guard, mm-hmm. Chris Paul. And we, mm-hmm. we all know that he's getting up there in age. And there's something fishy going on with that. So we'll we'll see what happens if and when Chris Paul gets back into the lineup. That, that Phoenix Suns team is a better team when Chris Paul is in the lineup. We, you, you have DeAndre Aiden. You have Devin Booker. You have Campaign, who, who didn't do anything mm-hmm. here in Chicago. But he's found his home in his niche in, mm-hmm. in Phoenix. You still have um, uh, Mikael Bridges. So you still have a good squad. I don't think they're going to have a year like they did last year, obviously winning over 60 games, but that's, that that squad is still a pretty good team. And so you still have to fear them when it comes to one of the top teams in the West. Now, another team that had a good weekend from the Western Conference, as you mentioned, that that, that team that beat the Phoenix Suns on two, that they, they lost to the Phoenix Suns on last Tuesday, and that's the Los Angeles Lakers. They mm-hmm. sweep the two-game road series uh, against the San Antonio Spurs uh, last mm-hmm. Friday and Saturday. Russell Westbrook got scratched in the face by Zach Collins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a little bit. That was kind of a weird play there. But, yeah, I mean, your Lakers, after that loss to Phoenix, they were able to come back. And be saying, to do what you're supposed to do. I mean, that, that Saturday's game was, what, 148 to 143, like 139 143 to 138, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say. So, if you had the over, I think you had a pretty nice, you know, Thanksgiving yeah. uh, <laughs> thing for Saturday. So, you know, that was a little bit of a weird score there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, a nice showing. But, look, doing what you're supposed to. Maybe you can kind of put together a little bit of a run to kind of get back into it. At least you'll get to a shot to play in. So, yeah, Le- LeBron's still out, but yeah, AD's still doing his thing, and I mean, it, it's it's fun. I mean, look, it'll be interesting to see if the Lakers can keep it up. Yeah, uh, speaking of of the Los Angeles team, let's go to their counterpart in the Los Angeles Clippers. They split their weekend home home series. They lost to the Denver Nuggets on Friday by ten, mm-hmm. but they rebounded on Sunday uh, yesterday, defeating the Indiana Pacers. Now, both games did not. Uh, see action from Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. Well, the the Clippers are still 12 and 9, still trying to find themselves. But when they uh, get Paul George back, it definitely when Kawhi Leonard starts to finally come around. I think this Clippers team could be a top three team in the West. Yeah, Ivica uh, Zubak had uh, 31 points and 29 rebounds in that game. Uh, in that game last night, he found out mm-hmm. one short one short of that uh, of becoming the first Clippers player to have 30 points, and 30 rebounds in the game. He's the first player. With 30 points and you know 25 you know plus rebounds and 80% shooting uh percentage, field goal percentage since uh, Shaq did it back in 04. So you know, nice little history made there. 30 that both those is a career high for a Zubak. So you know, be, I mean, look, the fact that he did his thing, I mean, it's sort of like you know, definitely that was what they needed against, especially after what happened, especially with PG being out. So they got yeah. that you know, nice little showing there from the Clippers. I mean, the Clippers are still right there, they're 12 and 9. I mean. Yeah, you know, I'm not. If you're a Clippers fan, you're not freaking out just yet. I mean, they got you know, country, country some guys off the bench. John Law had ten points off the bench, you know, among mm-hmm. others. So you know, they got you know, but they're they're starting to you know, pick it up a little bit. You know, we'll just see what happens there. Hopefully, uh, that PG and you know, you know, will be back you know, soon, and they can kind of you know, get things going there at full strength. It looks like uh, I know Kawhi. I know he's been you know in and out of the lineup as well. So. But yeah, I'll be interested to see you know, with the Clippers. But yeah, you got a little bit of a pick me up there, especially at this point last earlier this earlier last week. You're listening to Second City Sports live on a Monday edition. We're live in Living Color Sports All Chicago. Sid Lakini here with you discussing the Chicago Bulls in the NBA. A lot of you want to get at us via the comment section. You all, you can always hit us up at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. Lakina sticking with the Western Conference, the Dallas Mavericks. They're currently nine and ten. They uh, they lose by nine to 
to the Milwaukee Bucks on the road last night. But uh, let's not let that final score fool you. They were down almost 30 points. Are you worried about the Dallas Mavericks right now? It's almost the same parallel as a year ago, uh, just like the Boston Celtics until the month of January came uh, and there in the JCK had these his guys committed to the defensive end and obviously this season turned around. Do you see the same scenario here for this yeah, season? Yeah, they, they just like Kimba Walker earlier this morning. So hopefully maybe having him there, hopefully they can kind of he can pick up the slap for uh for Luca and kind of like take the the pressure off Luca. And I'm, I'm assuming that I'm sure Arlo is gonna be replacing in the lineup, but he'll be I guess he'll be like you know coming off the bench, I guess. So hopefully you can kind of you know, give him that extra up of offense and uh such um you know, yeah, I'll be just see if, if if he becomes like a good signing for the Mavs. So we'll see what happens there. Now, Grayson Allen uh, was eight for ten from uh from the field, also a seven to seven from uh three point range. So he was seven to eight. He ended up finishing seven to eight. But yeah, he's the uh, that's a career high for him. <laughs> so you know, it, it's definitely one of those sort of you know, things where you're kind of like the losses. But you know, if you're in Dallas, I think hopefully Kim will walk and give you that that extra up and kind of take the pressure off Luca. Because I'm, I'm hoping that it gets to a point, you know, there's a lot of wear and tear, tear here. I know he's still youngish, but there's a lot of wear and tear, wear and tear at this point. And you hope you want somebody there to kind of like, you know, pick up the slack for him. Yeah. Uh, you, you, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens there with, with the Dallas Mavericks. And I will go to the Eastern Conference. Uh, the Boston Celtics are 16 and four right now, but trailing, trailing them, and they're not too far behind, especially dealing with their injuries with James Harden and Tyrese Maxey. I know Joel and B sat out the last couple of games, but the Philadelphia 76ers keep on rolling. They sweep their two game series over the weekend against the Orlando Magic. Yeah, they definitely needed that. You know, doing what you're supposed to do against a team that's a little bit better than that. So that's sort of that's a testament to Doc Rivers. You know, I saw a little bit of that game. Um, yes, last night against the, the Magic. And look, you know, Shake, you know, Shake Millen, you know, Shaq Millen, I should say, uh, 29 points for him leading the way there. Mm-hmm. He and others have been kind of having to pick up the slack with all the injuries. Bias Harris, too. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, if they can keep it up. So, yeah, I know MB's been at the last couple of games, too. So, but yeah, if you're if you're the, the Sixers, like you want to kind of like keep yourself afloat until those those guys can come back. Now going to Brooklyn for a second, they beat uh they beat the uh, the Trailblazers one eleven ninety seven. You know Durant had thirty one points. That was a definitely a game that they definitely needed. It's his fifty of. Uh, 50 to 30 point game with the Nets. Joey and Vince Carter as the only players in Nets history with 50 30 point games. He also joins LeBron talking about KD as the only players in the, in the NBA history to have 50 30 point games with three different franchises. So, uh, you know, a testament to him and what a great career he's had so far. And look, they're 10 11 now. We'll talk about the, the Nets. So, hopefully, we can kind of get things going. They've been kind of up and down too with all the distractions and stuff. Um, Kyrie had uh kicked it with 22 points. You know, as long as he doesn't say anything or stay out of trouble, you know, that's uh, <laughs> he okay. Seth, Seth Curry, not Steph, Seth Curry, his uh a little brother had 29 points off the bench, so that definitely propelled them, you know, to kind of pull him away, pull away from the, the Blazers. So, uh, we'll, we'll see if they can get it going. Yeah, I give credit to head coach uh, for the rest of the year anyway. Jock Vaughn, he has these guys committed, especially defensively. Remember, they were struggling under Steve Nash to start the year, both offensively and defensively. They're starting to turn it around here. Let's see if they can play up to their potential. It's still a long way to go, but uh, you, you you like the way the, way the direction is hopefully pointing up for the Brooklyn Nets. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, the, the arrow's pointing up with them, so – might be a good one there now. Miami, you kind of said they're in the same spot as the, the Bulls. I mean, they had a kind of an up and uh, up and down week. 
after lose after losing uh, the their opener on Monday against Minnesota last Monday they've won their last two they beaten they beat the uh, the Wizards and they've beaten the, the, the both both the both the Wizards uh, the, you know, so with that two uh, two game series you know so hopefully maybe things are starting to turn around for Miami as well so they up they're kind of in this they're kind of the same spot as the Bulls are so we'll see if they yeah. can turn around. Yeah, as we said on our last show, Lakina, Miami's problem is not defense. It's been an offense. If it's not Jimmy Butler carrying them, who's going to do it outside of Bam Adebayo? He's not really a scorer, but he has to do it at times when Jimmy's not struggling. You still have Ty- Tyler he- uh, Hero there, uh, and you still have other guys that are trying to find their way. But uh, their problem is uh, scoring consistently. If it's not Jimmy Butler to a lesser, state, lesser uh, extent, Bam Adebayo, who are you going to get that other scoring from? Consistent scoring oh. from. Yeah, also they got a big win against the Hawks yesterday, so I think that should def- that definitely uh, helped them. They've won three of their last four, so hopefully they can get it going here. I know our, our girl Lana Tekai are hopefully is hoping for that as well. We gotta get her, we gotta get her back on at some point. Yeah. Uh, Memphis, Memphis had a, a interesting week uh, <laughs> to say the yeah, least. Yeah, triple double from Mr. John Moran at MSG last night. Yeah, it's, yeah, one twenty seven, one twenty three. Over the Knicks, talk about the Grizzlies. So uh, they're starting to kind of get going. They've had they kind of had an up and down week this week as well. You know they lost to the Kings. Yeah, you know, we'll talk about the Kings in a second. But you know, yeah, they kind of had an up and down uh, week this week. You know, after that, but a nice bounce back for them winning that game. So yeah, so a very uh, interesting uh, game here. We'll see if they can kind of get it going. And let's see. I think there's one more team I wanted to talk about real quick. I mean, Denver, I mean, Denver, they they, they beat the Clippers on Friday, you know, by 10, 114-104. So, you know, they also beat uh, OKC the overtime through 131-126 on Wednesday. So uh, they're starting to kind of get it going there. Of course, you know, when everyone's healthy, you know, I think Denver could definitely be right up there with Golden State and, you know, the Clippers and the Suns. So it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of get things going. Yep. Like we said, Denver went healthy. They're a top five team in the rest of the conference, and they definitely give a lot of matchup problems to a lot of those teams, especially with uh, Nikolai Jokic, uh, back-to-back MVP, and Jamal Murray. And you still have some key veterans on that staff as well. Mm-hmm. Jeff Green, of course, you mentioned Michael Porter Jr. And so they still have some guys that's around Murray and Jokic. They just got to stay healthy. And and don't forget Aaron Gordon, too. And so uh, that, that Denver Nuggets team, when healthy, is very dangerous. Absolutely. And so uh, let's talk about this weekend. We got a couple of ones here. Should be a good one here tonight. You got Atlanta and Philadelphia at 6 o'clock. That's the NBA TV game. Uh, on Monday, you know, tonight, Monday, uh, mm-hmm. Minnesota, Washington is another good one there at six o'clock. Charlotte and Boston at six thirty. Orlando and Brooklyn that should be an interesting one too at six thirty. Cleveland mm-hmm. and uh, Toronto. Want to give a shout out to Donovan Mitchell. He uh, and earlier this week became the second uh, Cleveland uh, player to reach five hundred points in his first seventeen games of the season. Of course, joined LeBron, the only player to reach five hundred games faster with a new team. Of course, that's what Will Chamberlain did. As uh, as a working with the Warriors back in 1959-1960, that was only 14 games. It was 14 games for him. So, want to give a shout out there. Of course, your Cleveland had a, has had a good week. Had a good week last week as well. OKC against uh, the Pelicans. That should be a fun one. The battle of the Young Guns there at seven o'clock. Houston and Denver at eight. Of course, uh, Bulls and Jazz at eight. Uh, should be a good one here. I'm going to try to see if I can get watch this game on this laptop at nine o'clock. Got the Suns and the Kings. 
don't slip on the kings, folks. These are not your uh, your big, <laughs> big sister or big brother's kings. So, yeah, that's at 9 o'clock. Should be a fun one. And uh, another good one here, Indiana and the Lakers at 9.30. We'll see if the Lakers kind of, you know, try to get things going again. Yeah, could Miles Turner be in the Lakers uniform by the trade deadline? Hmm. We'll see. That's We still have a long way to go. Going to tomorrow's schedule, which is Tuesday, a very light schedule. At 6 o'clock, we'll have the, have the New York Knicks traveling to Detroit to face the Young Guns and the Pistons. Uh, the TNT doubleheader for tomorrow looks like this. You have, you'll, you'll have Golden State at Dallas at 6.30. That's a rematch from last year's Western Conference Finals, followed by the Clippers at Portland to take on the on the Trailblazers at 9 p.m. So that's your TNT Tuesday doubleheader for tomorrow night. And Wednesday, you got uh, Philadelphia and Cleveland at 6 o'clock. You got Atlanta and Orlando. for uh, The first game of the NBA TV doubleheader should be a good way. You got the Miami uh, Heat and the Celtics. That should be a fun one. They've had their battles uh, over the years uh, nationally, especially nationally TV-wise. Wizards and Celtics. Uh, Wizards and Nets. Uh, what's that? Yeah, Nets and then uh, the, the Knicks, the Knicks, and the Knicks host the Bucks, I should say. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, the Wizards and the Nets. That should be a fun one there at six thirty. Yeah, the Grizzlies and the T Wolves. That should be a fun one there. Those who have had their battles in the last couple of years, especially with both teams being on the uh, up and up. Toronto. Yeah, rematch of last year's first round playoff. Yeah, series. yeah, that should be a fun one. Uh, Toronto and uh, the Pelicans. That should be a, a good one. Uh, and San Antonio and OKC also at seven o'clock. At seven o'clock, we're rounding up the Wednesday schedule. We have Denver, uh, Denver hosting Houston again for that quick two game series. Uh, I don't know why the NBA uh, did this, but uh, that's a whole nother issue for a whole nother time. Uh, at eight o'clock on Wednesday, we'll have the Clippers at Utah to face the Jazz. At nine o'clock, we'll have Indiana and Sacramento as the Pacers take on the Kings. And wrapping up the the Wednesday schedule, the second game of the NBA TV doubleheader, we'll have the Portland Trail Blazers at the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers will have revenge on them, Mike, because remember back a month and a half ago, mm-hmm. Damian Lillard, the last time these two teams played on a Sunday, yeah, Damian, Dame Time Lillard hit the game-winning three into, mm-hmm. for Portland to beat the Lakers for the first time this season. So revenge will be on the Lakers minus this Wednesday. Absolutely. Only one game uh, for Thursday. I don't know why, but uh, Dallas and Detroit, that's an NBA TV game. So, yeah, don't ask me why you know, some of these uh, these scheduling, <laughs> but, yeah, it's a little bit weird. Now, don't forget, too, on Wednesday, uh, the Bulls uh, face the Sun, so that should be a fun one. That should be a, a fun one at 8 o'clock. So, yeah, it could be, like, first to, like, 1.30 or something like that wins. I don't know. but uh, Yeah, remember the Bulls got their doors blown off at Phoenix last year. So, we'll, we'll see what happens this go-around this year. <laughs> yeah, so that's going to be the only game that the Bulls will be playing in Phoenix this year. So, hopefully they can make, mm-hmm. it, make it count and make it uh, – hopefully they can get a win. Yep, we'll see what happens with that uh, with that game. So that's your schedule for this week from the Bulls and the rest of the National Basketball Association. Lakina, we got to get our two and two break, but we definitely got to come back and finish strong. Uh, we got some baseball news to talk about. The White Sox are out here making moves, and we had to discuss them at large. And we'll review uh, the weekend that was from rivalry weekend in the world of college football. And we'll have old school TV Monday. This will be a special one for the obvious reasons. We'll get into that and a whole lot more. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to the Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Old Chicago. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. 
This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Welcome back to Second City Sports. We're live in the live color on the Monday edition right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Mr. Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. We have less than 25 minutes of left to this extravaganza. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you want to get at us via the comment section, you can always go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, that's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan's McGee on the IG. 
And before we get to our recap from the weekend from college football, let's discuss some baseball. Lakina, the White Sox, as I mentioned before the break, they are here making moves. And let's start off with the breaking news that just came across the wires from the last half hour. So former White Sox first baseman in DH, Jose Abreu, will sign a three-year contract to join Dusty Baker in the defending world champion Houston Astros. Lakina, this is a good move for them. You can move Don Alvarez out to the outfield. I'll put him at DH. Or you could put Jose Abreu, who can still pick it from time to time at first base as well. You could hit him at DH as well. This is a good move for the Houston Astros. We already know they still have a pole lineup with Jose Altuve, that cheater. And you still have uh, uh, their rookie, uh, uh, Pena, who replaced Carlos Correa, as I mentioned, Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker as well. So Jose Abreu is going to bring much veteran experience to already a uh, loaded offensive opponent lineup. Yeah, it's a three-year deal. This is according to Bob Nightingale. It came across mm-hmm. the wires about an hour ago. And it will be, like I said, it has more depth. You know, they're coming off a World Series. And, look, we all wanted, you know, Abreu to – we knew that Abreu was probably going to be, you know, signing somewhere else. And mm-hmm. looks like it'll be, you know, he's, you know, going back to – you know, going, going to you know, be a, 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 a contender like, you know, the Astros. So good for him. And, look, we'll see the final numbers. I guess I say there's a three-year deal. You know, mm-hmm. nothing. The numbers haven't been finalized yet, but yeah, you know, good, good for him, and then good for the, the Astros. And just for you, I know some of you guys are already looking at the schedule for next year for the White Sox. When is Houston coming to town? They'll be coming to town during the month of May next year, May twelfth through the fourteenth. So and you want to say we miss you, Jose Abreu? You can get your tickets when they go on sale around February of next year. Just yeah, I be- yeah, I believe they open this open the season with the Astros too. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah on the road, on yeah. the road, so on the road, yep. Yeah. Yeah, so it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see what in happens late, with that. The last week of March, yes. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. It could be interesting there. But, uh, yeah, nice signing. Also, too, uh, veteran uh, reliever Mike Clevenger uh, has signed a deal, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, he was with the in- – uh, the well, now, well, then the Indians, now the Guardians, of course, he was also with the Padres, just uh, mm-hmm. finished a couple of seasons with the Padres. So now he's signed a deal with the, the White Sox. So no word yet on the actual terms of it. But, yeah, nice pickup. I know our buddy uh, Janice Guerrero has, is not a fan of this uh, from uh, – <laughs> from, uh, from a CHGO, we got to get her back on at, at some mm-hmm. point. I know. I wonder how our buddy Jordan Lazowski feels about this signing, but uh, I think he said. I think he said he likes it, but yeah. I mean, you know, a nice signing. You know, look, you know, you get an extra arm, which the White Sox definitely need. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's fine. I mean, look, I know he's you know when he's good, he's really good. When he's not, he you know tends to not be very good. So be interested to see. But yeah, this could be a. We'll, we'll see what happens. I'm sure it's going to be a low risk, potentially high reward. Some will say this could be a Johnny Cueto kind of deal where maybe he might actually get a second life, I guess. But, yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mentioned this to our, our guy, Sean Anderson, who we got to get on this program from CHGO. And our and our buddy, Herb Lawrence, uh, I mm-hmm. checked out their program yesterday from our guys from CHGO. They cover the White Sox. And and I said Mike Clevenger replaces Johnny Cueto in the rotation. Now, Clevenger's deal was reportedly supposed to be worth between 8 and $12 million. We'll see. But – the all all the starter uh, starters for starting pitchers for the White Sox they all right handed. I think that's the only part mm-hmm. I think many people have with this. But as mm-hmm. you as you mentioned, Lakina, the White Sox desperately needed an arm. Remember, Davis Martin, the rookie last year, he started the last few games of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got injured on the last day of the year against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, mm-hmm. he's okay. Remember, Michael Kopech has that right knee issue. Uh, the mm-hmm. progress is still a little bit slow, but hopefully, uh, it'll get better by the time next season rolls around. So this was a a, a pickup that Rick High 
I needed to do, uh, and he got it done. Now, taking a look at the numbers from, uh, from Mike Clevenger throughout his uh, major league career, he has a 51-30 and 30 record with a 3.39 ERA. As you mentioned, last year, Lakina with the Padres, he posted a 7-7 record with a 4.33 ERA. And his last full year with the Guardians in 2019, 13-4 with a 2.71 ERA. Lakina, as I said to our, our guy Herb Lawrence yesterday, if he, can, if he can give me between four and six innings to start, be consistent with it, like something like Cueto did last year. I'm all for it. I don't expect him to have Cy Young numbers. I don't expect him to blow anybody away like Dylan Cease. But if he can give a, a quality start every time he goes out there, there'll be great. But like you said, there's been times that he'll let a bad inning blow up in his face. I know he's around 32 years old, but you would think that he'll he will learn a few things along the way by now. So. We'll 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 see uh, what he can bring to this White Sox team. I like this move. I don't expect him to win this sign young, but if you can just give the White Sox quality starts every time he goes out on that on that mound and not get hurt, I'm all for it. Yeah, he and I have the same birthday, so he'll be 32 in about a month. So, uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, he has really he has really great great hair too. So yeah, we'll we'll see. It's gonna be great to see in that in the uniform. But, yeah, but like you said, you know, if he could be like Cueto, I think this will be a good signing. If not, you know, the eight million, uh, uh, who knows? But yeah, so it should be interesting though, nonetheless. Now let's go into the the gridiron now. This this time in the college variety, week 13. Of course, you're know, getting you know, close to the end of the season here uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, you're going to the fri- uh, to you know Friday's matchup. You got you know Florida beats uh, Florida loses to Florida State. I should say 45-38. You know Jordan Travis is just you know just you know you know playing lights out for them through for through 270 yards. Of course, you know Joe Trevor Etienne, who is uh, Travis's uh, younger brother. Oh yeah, younger brother, kid brother. He rushed for 100 129 yards and a touchdown. So a dominate for you know for Florida, but uh, in a losing effort, but. You know, Jordan Travis, you know, a touchdown. And of course, um, yeah, it's like their third, this is their third straight win. I'm talking about the Seminoles against Florida. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, three touchdowns for Trey Benson, you know, 111 rushing yards. Travis also had two rushing touchdowns, rushed for 83 yards. So mm-hmm. the finish is strong uh for them. So yeah, it, it's good. Yeah, so this is gonna be a really cool uh, you know, they got a great show for next year. Uh they're nine and three, they finished strong, and yeah, they might be going to mm-hmm. a New Year's six bowl game. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Lakina. This uh, uh, I'm going to bring up a, a, a Big Ten team that no one's talking about later, but another team people are not talking about is Florida State. I think I asked you a question a couple of weeks ago, Lakina. Uh, what makes them so special? Like you mentioned, they they're nine and three, and no one really expected anything from them. Uh, people like yours truly, uh, you remember the Florida State under the old Bobby Bobby Bowden administration from years ago as being one of those dominant teams that competed for national championships every year. I know they went through their hard times over the last few years, but as you mentioned, they did finish up the regular season strong at 9-3. If it wasn't for a couple of bad losses, we might not be talking about them participating in the college football tournament. It would have been tough, but it, we, we talked about coming into the season that the ACC was going to be down, but they're one of the teams that nobody talked about. They took advantage of it this year. Yeah, they, yeah they've been really good. I mean, they had like a couple – had not been that loss for that loss against – uh, Clemson, if you know, they had a couple mm-hmm. other bad losses too. I mean, they will probably be right up there in the discussion for the college football playoff. But look, Mike Norville's done a great job. Jordan Travis, you know, Travis has come become a, a big star, so they, they got a lot to build on for next year. So, uh, look, they got a really nice show, a uh, really good showing. So, yeah, so they should be very proud if you're a Florida State fan. You're feeling pretty good that things are looking up for them. North Carolina beat uh, North NC State beats North Carolina in a, a double overtime thriller. 
30 to 27. And uh, this wasn't a good uh, Friday for uh, North Carolina and their athletics. Their men's basketball team, uh, which uh, was undefeated, was number one team in the country. They lost to Iowa State in uh, a, a tournament. I think it was in, uh, I think it wasn't in like Anaheim or Florida. There were so many holiday tournaments, kind of keep them all straight. But yeah, and then they lose this uh, heartbreaker to one of your in-state rivals. So, you know, not a good, uh, not a good day for uh, North Carolina on Friday. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they were, you know, they, they, they would double overtime, you know, uh, USC is now four and 10 all time in overtime games. It, you know, Drake May didn't have his best showing, had an interception mm-hmm. and, and such. So, yeah, NC State was able to finish all. They had a couple of bad mm-hmm. losses too, but they would be probably up there as well. They probably would have won a division, but they get a little bit of a revenge there. Yep. And speaking of uh, another team they needed a, a, uh, needed a win after losing last week to their city rival USC, UCLA ranked number 18th in the country. They get by California on the last Friday, 35-28. Number 19, Tulane defeated number 24, Cincinnati, 27-24. And number 23, Texas finished the regular season strong by being their arch rival uh, Baylor Bears, 38-27. Yeah, nice showing by the uh by the to by Texas. You know they just missed going to the Big Twelve uh you know title game. Mm-hmm. But if you're uh if you're Steve Sarkeesian, you gotta be looking pretty good. Your future looks really good. So uh yeah, you gotta think of you know, Bijan Robbins. I think he'll be back next year. Quinn Ewers will have another year under his belt. He'll be a sophomore, so you know he'll be a little bit stronger, a little bit younger. So yeah, your Texas. I'm not gonna say Texas is back. But I think Texas mm-hmm. is on its way back. I'll, I'll say say They that. need to be on their uh, way back because them and Oklahoma will be moving to the SEC in a couple of years. Yeah, so uh, that's a, that's a whole <laughs> different, uh, discussion there. Uh, nice show for our buddy uh, Mike Berman. You know, his uh, Missouri Tigers uh, uh, held off Arkansas 29-27. Uh, they, they've been, you know, they finished pretty strong. They're going to a bowl game. They're 6-6. Six yeah, 6-6. Six six. Six. Mm-hmm. They're not bowl eligible, so uh, we'll mm-hmm. see where they'll be going. And, uh, hey, Iowa, you had one job. All you had to do was do the basketball. <laughs> you could win the Big Ten West. Uh, but Nebraska had other ideas. Uh, Matt Rule now, of course, has been named uh, head coach for Nebraska, mm-hmm. so they're kind of, you know, he was named head coach like a little bit, like a, a few hours before, so. I think they probably wanted to kind of go you know, show a little something. Uh, Casey Thompson had three his best game of the season by far, 278 yards, uh, three touchdowns. So yeah, the other defense stepped up for uh, for them, uh, beating Iowa and uh, no Big Ten West title for Hawkeyes. Sorry. Yeah, speaking of the Big Ten, Lakina, let's keep up with uh, with that theme as we recap some of the key games from Saturday. Of course, the game of the day on Big News Saturday from Fox. Number three, Michigan dominated number two, Ohio State, in the horseshoe, scoring 21 points in the fourth quarter in a route to a 45-23 victory. Uh, as you mentioned, Blake Corum was injured. Uh, was injured. Uh, he only saw a couple of carries, but Donovan Edwards uh, took his place. Ran the ball for the Wolverines 22 times for 216 yards and two big touchdowns. And Mr. Cornelius Johnson for the Wolverines had four catches for 160 yards and two touchdowns. But uh, that, that that Michigan quarterback, Lakina, uh, he, he stepped up big, stepped up big, scoring four touchdowns total, three passing. Yeah, J.J. McCarthy, definitely his best. McCarthy, game. yeah. Yeah, yeah he was definitely the player of the game in my eyes. 263 yards, uh, passing yards. Of course, he had a rushing touchdown as well, in addition to his three touchdowns. Johnson's uh, uh, receiving touchdowns, those were big, like, like 69 and 75 against uh, Ohio State. I mean, he's the only Michigan player to have have those type of touchdown uh, catches. He had 50 plus yards a game over the last 15 seasons. 
that was all like that was all like before the first half was over with. So that was crazy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, is their first win of Hubba Michigan at Ohio State? You go all the way back to when Tom Brady and Drew Henson were the quarterback of the team. Two thousand. <laughs> yeah, it's been that. I long. feel old. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, forty-five points is tied for the third most against Ohio State. They scored five touchdowns on forty-five plus yards. That's the most in a single game against a top, AP top five team in 05. I'll be honest. I actually picked Ohio State to win this game. Sorry, Jim Harbaugh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry. But uh, yeah, I didn't. I did not see this coming at all. I mean, I figured. The, I figured if Michigan would win, it would be a close one because it's like a field goal or something. Because mm-hmm. mm, excuse me, because uh, their their kicker is really is really good. So uh, Jake Moody, he's really good. I did not see this. Ha- I didn't see him scoring twenty one uh, four quarter points. They just they just dominated that, you know, that they actually, you know, look, I mean, there was one, one of the few things that was sort of the, 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 the weakest for Ohio State has been their secondary. And look, to J.J. McCarthy's credit, they were able to expose that. Yeah, and also, too, Ohio State, they jumped on Michigan early. I watched the entire game, Lakina, so y'all know you'll be very proud of me. But I watched the entire game. Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, had a good start to the game. Mm-hmm. C.J. Stroud, you thought that Ohio State was on their way. Their defense showed up early, but uh, that second half, Michigan was was able to expose them with the running game, of course, and open things up with J.J. McCarthy in the fourth quarter. Yeah, so uh, they'll be going to uh, the Big Ten title game the second straight year, you know, winning the Big Ten East you know, to, uh, division for the second straight year. We'll get to their, who their opponent is in just a second, but mm-hmm. Georgia uh, held off Georgia Tech, you know, 37-14. I wasn't too worried about this game. I know, they were, I know uh, Georgia Tech, you know, they stayed with them for a little bit, but you kind of felt like they were sort of playing down to their competition. I'm talking about Georgia, Georgia. So, mm-hmm. you know, they kind of kick it into gear. Uh Later on, so uh, they uh, they pulled away late. Well, we'll just see you know who will be the number one you know going in you know, the playoff stands on you know tomorrow. Will it be Georgia or will it be Michigan you know, with their impressive against Ohio State? We'll have to wait and see. Uh, TCU, of course, who they were supposed to against Iowa State 62 14. We'll t- get to who they're going to be playing in the Big 12 title game in a second. Um, L- LSU, uh, you know, they might be out. <laughs> Brian Kelly, know. boy. <laughs> I don't know what happened. 38-23 loss to Texas A&M. Uh, Connor Weeman had uh, two touchdown uh, passes. Uh, Devin Arcane had 215 yards and two rushing touchdowns for the Aggies. This is probably the most – I think this is the most points that scored since, like, early in the season. So, I don't know what happened. LSU, what happened? What happened? I, I don't know. Like, I didn't watch this game, but when I saw the final score, I was like, huh, what the heck? What happened? Yeah. Yep. I was shot too. I didn't watch any of this game either. I saw that score and I was with you like, yeah, what happened? So like you said, Brian Kelly ends the regular season on a on a on a bad note. Now they won't be in the SEC title game, so they just blew that uh, opportunity. Uh, speaking of number, another team that took advantage of this opportunity, number six uh, team in the country, the USC Trojans, uh, they get by the number 15 ranked Notre Dame fighting Irish 38-27. Lakina. Caleb Williams, we talked about him all year. Is he the front runner for the Heisman Trophy? Well, I mean, I know that uh, he he did a little bit of a suddenly did the Heisman pose at that first touchdown that he uh, threw. So, but very subtle. He was very very subtle, but yeah, I think uh, you know, he had three rushing touchdowns, had a, a two hundred and thirty two yards, and a, a passing touchdown. He has now yeah, has 34 uh, passing touchdowns and 10 rushing touchdowns this you know this season. Just a second player in Pac-12 history to do that. Uh, the last player to do that was, of course, Marcus Mariota in 2014 when he went on to win the Heisman. So uh, good uh, showing there. But yeah, I mean, look, they got one more game left. They got to play Utah for the Pac-12 title game. So mm-hmm. 
I think you need to just don't don't mess it up. If you're, uh, I know you lost him in a, in a, a tough one earlier uh, this, you know, a couple yeah. of months ago. <laughs> so if you're, you gotta get, keep your eyes on the prize there. But it's just interesting to see what happens with that. Um, Alabama uh, held off Auburn. You know, it was a little bit more. It was as uh, I know the score like oh they only lost by 20, 20, oh, well, by twenty one but no it wasn't wasn't that close um it, and also to uh, Alabama uh, Auburn I should say I mean you know it looks like they like Lane Kiffin he said oh, I'm saying that with Ole Miss got a little bit of a razor to them might be a little bit of leverage there we'll yep. see if Hugh we'll see if Hugh Freeze is going to be the uh, thing but uh yeah uh, Auburn lost their chance of you know, getting bowl eligible so we'll see what happens with that but uh nice showing you look I mean Rice I'm sure he'll be probably back in New York. Uh, 343 yards, three TDs, had an early interception, but yeah, that led to a, a touchdown. But yeah, three touchdowns, uh, passes for him, including a rushing touchdown as well for Mr. Young. You know, you did what you're supposed to against your rival who you're a lot better than. So it was sort of like garbage scores late 27, uh, 49, 27, but, uh, it is what it is there, but probably the biggest upset of this weekend. Um, I don't think anybody saw this coming. South Carolina upsets Clemson 30, 31 to 30. Um, you know, a nice, good couple of weeks for the uh, last couple of weeks for Shane Beamer. I mean, they go to eight and four, uh, yeah. including uh, beating Tennessee the way they did, and you know, holding off Clemson. He's gonna get a little. I'm sure he's gonna get a little bit of a raise there as well. I know his, his dad Frank was there. I know he was enjoying it. <laughs> but yeah, special <laughs> teams, special teams. Of course, that was his dad's special team with uh, Virginia Tech. Those are some, you know, some great Virginia Tech uh, special teams uh, rosters. But uh, yeah, I did not see this coming either. I thought, you know, I thought it would be close, but I think Clemson was going to pull away late. But there's going to be a lot. Of, you know, DJ Olivier had a, a touch, had a touchdown, but an interception as well. There's going to be a lot of folks in Clemson are going to be wondering, like, yeah, they dabble. She need to kind of like, you know, you know, make a little bit of a switch. But uh, it, it, I, I don't know. But yeah, they they they're definitely they're they're done with the uh, with the college football playoff. But yeah, big going for Shane Beamer, of course. You know. People were, were already saying that you see more style and stuff. Of course, you got the videos, the, the rap, you know, sort of like your hip hop parody mm-hmm. videos. But yeah, he's showing that he's a pretty good coach too. So good for him. Yeah. Speaking of another episode, I did not see this coming either from the world of, of Pac 12. Number 21, Oregon State, the Beavers upset the Oregon Ducks, ranked number 90 in the country, 38 to 34. Mr. Martinez for the Beavers, Damian Martinez to be exact, 15 carries for 103 yards. Lakina, I know Oregon State dominated early, but uh, Oregon tried to come back, but it was it was too little too late. Oregon State pours it on with 21 unanswered points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, they were up. Yeah, they were up big, and I don't know what the heck happened. They had a they went for it on like like on the 18 of the like in a 22 yard line. They didn't get it, so mm-hmm. you know Oregon State was able to capitalize on that and score a touchdown. Then they scored another touchdown. Then there was an interception, you know, by Bo Nix, and then there was a fall. It was just, it was just way. It got a little bit too crazy, and I think they went a little bit too conservative. I'm talking about Oregon, so you know, hey, Oregon, you had one job. All you had to do was beat Oregon State. It, look, it was going to be tough because Oregon State is a pretty decent Oregon State team. You know, I think they had mm-hmm. their best record since they went to, uh, you know, with their jail, Chad Johnson and uh, TJ Husmanzada, of course. Their coach was uh, Oregon State was actually the quarterback of that team, so guys, you'll remember that. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's like I don't know what happened with Oregon. I mean, I think they've tried to be a little bit too uh, too. Con- I don't want to say too conservative. But I think they tried to be too smart for their own good, and it came back to bite yeah. them. But sometimes you know, Jonathan, that happens. Yeah, Jonathan Smith, of course, was the quarterback of that team with you know Chad Ochocinco and uh, T. was inside that went to. I think it was a Fiesta Bowl. They beat or they beat uh, Notre Dame pretty handily. Uh, uh, about like a, like a twenty oh like oh six or something like that. So yeah, so it, it's it's definitely like you know a nice one for Johnson's within that Oregon State Beaver program. 
Uh, number 10, Tennessee takes care of Vanderbilt, shutting them out 56 nothing. Here's another team I wanted to talk about, Lakina. I heard someone mention this uh, on a national radio show that I was listening to earlier today from yesterday. Uh, number 11, Penn State, the Nittany Lions, uh, they dominated Michigan State 35-16. Penn State is now 10-2 on the year, finished the Big Ten record at 7-2. Uh, some people thought that they may have had a slim, a slim outside shot of participating in the college football playoff. Do you think Penn State would get a, uh, at least take part of a uh, New Year's uh, Day bowl game? Yeah, but so don't be the news. I'm sure they'll get a New Year's Six bowl. Yeah, he's not, they're not going to the playoff. I mean, they lost to Ohio State and Michigan, so yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, that's not going to mm -hmm. happen. Now they could probably go to a New Year's Six bowl, you know, too. You know that that might you know help them, but yeah, it'll be. Yeah, they're not going. I don't know where that person thought that they had a, a lot had to happen in front of them to get a shot. Yeah. But especially since they're not going to the Big Ten title game. So I don't know think what's, what's the point in that. But uh, it is what it is there. Uh, Washington beat Wazoo in a, in a competitive 151-33. That's a nice show by uh, Washington. I don't think anybody expected Washington to be good. I think they were picked to finish like, like third to last in the Pac-12, like at least like near the bottom. So I don't think anybody thought that they would be, you know, any good this year. Of course, Michael Penix uh, Jr., of course, a transfer from Indiana. He, you know, he's been really good. You know, Kayla DeVora has done a great job rebuilding that uh, Washington program. They might be going to a New Year's Six Bowl uh, game, depending on how, you know, things sort of, you know, match up. But, uh, yeah, nice show for the Huskies. Yeah, as you mentioned, uh, Utah, they take care of Colorado. We'll get to them in just a second. I want to ask you about uh, that potential opening uh, for as far as head coach is concerned. And who will Michigan play in the Big Ten title game? It will be the Purdue Boilermakers. Purdue uh, dominated the Indiana Hoosiers. I did get a chance to watch most of this game live via this computer screen, 30-16. Uh, to 16, Aiden O'Connell, 18-29 for 290 yards at two touchdowns of course the illinois find the line we didn't forget about them they dominate northwestern 41 to 3 illinois finished their, their regular season with a 5 and 4 record in the big 10 8 and 4 overall purdue finishes uh the, their big 10 mm -hmm. season as big 10 west champs with a 6 and 3 record 8 and 4 overall of course uh they beat illinois a couple of weeks ago so that's uh, why they are the division champs uh, with that tiebreaker of course mm -hmm. uh, rounding out the big 10 minnesota uh, they held. They hold on to beat Wisconsin 23-16 mm -hmm. in Camp Randall. Yeah, they did. And uh, yeah, they wanted that uh, Paul Bunyan Trophy really bad. Mm -hmm. uh, they lost a couple of uh, times, but yeah, they're you know they took that back. But yeah, it's going to be interesting though. But yeah, I mean, look, PJ, like you saw the emotion afterwards. I mean, they they wanted that that trophy. Mm -hmm. They wanted to kind of win it. You know, they're eight and four, so they'll probably, they'll probably go to like me, like the Outback Bowl or something like that. So they'll, yeah. pro they'll probably be playing just like Illinois, like, like the Music City Bowl or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that, like New Year's Eve or New Year's Day games. So yeah, they mm -hmm. they had a couple, they had a couple of chances to kind of be right there in the you know the Big Ten uh, champion uh, title game. But you know, it is what it is. But yeah, they finished strong, so that's what, that's all you can ask for as well. Uh, Stanford is an opening there. Uh, they lose to BYU, but of course David Shaw, who is like the longest running. Uh, coach there you know decided to retire his reason was because the nil so i guess that's why he's leaving but uh he'll probably either, you might you might see him at a tv near you because he actually does a lot of great tv work and such so you know, we might you might see him in the, working for espn or fox you know some you know next year or maybe even before the season's over with but yeah so a uh, great career for him uh yeah that's about it i mean oh yo know, texas tech v oklahoma 
51 48 in overtime, you know, I guess Brett Bielema, I guess you want to kind of just, you know, put this one aside and hopefully you can build next year. <laughs> like <that's>, yeah. <laughs> Real quickly, Keen, I know we ran up against it, but uh, reports were out over the weekend that De- uh, Deion Sanders was the head coach at Jackson, Jackson State. Uh, mm-hmm. He's been offered a job at Colorado. Do you think we'll, this will be a good move for him? Well, they've got a lot of they got new facilities coming up, so I think that that definitely helps him. They could pay him a lot more than Jackson State. I know people say, "Oh, well, you'll save for the culture," but people got to remember Jackson State can't they, they can't pay him like these big schools can. So mm-hmm. I'm sure he's getting a lot. I'm sure Even with this NIL rule now in the yeah, fact, yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see. Like I said, they got they got a really rich uh, program over there in Colorado. They've been you know they won a national championship. They've been to big bowl games. So. Mm-hmm. I know uh, Dion wants to keep it very close to the whether or not he'll accept it. I'm sure he was probably with, wants to don't want to be a detractor. They've got, I think they have the FCS playoffs and such, but mm-hmm. it'll be addressed to see if he does decide to go. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's up to him. I mean, I know his son, I, I believe, is a is a junior. So like, if he can, he he can, he can transfer if he wants to. So yeah, you know, you yeah. know, he doesn't have to sit out a year anymore. No, no, so, yeah. players don't have to sit out a year anymore. No, yeah. So he can, they can go back. He could probably make some things going on for the Pac-12. You know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. But yeah, I would be surprised. Either I think it's 50 50 whether or not he actually takes the job. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he does. Also, Luke Fickle, of course, you know, he's leaving Cincinnati to go to Wisconsin. That's a nice pickup for them and that and that program. But uh yeah, so yeah, we might be seeing a lot of uh coaching moves in the next couple of weeks. All right. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Monday edition, live in the 11 color on Sports on Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you, wrapping up today's show. Lakina, do you have any other thoughts before we get to our abbreviated edition of Old School TV Monday? Yeah, real quick. Uh, the U.S. men's soccer team, they got a big one tomorrow against Iran. They need to win against Iran in order to, to advance in the group to get to the knockout stage. Uh, some interesting surprises so far. I mean, there, there have been a lot of, you know, like, I know it's, this World Cup's been already been weird. <laughs> um, I know Portugal, Uruguay, they're playing right now as we speak. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, of course, you know, Brazil's doing its thing. You know, Argentina had got a big win they needed that after their you know, loss to Saudi Arabia um, mm-hmm. a few days ago. Uh, France looked really good so far despite all their injury issues and such. But, yeah, so, yeah, so far so good. I mean, Spain, I mean, they got a big one tomorrow, so. But yeah, if you're you know check out the World Cup, it's gonna be on the, all the Fox networks. You can stream it on uh, Peacock. So uh, yeah, if you haven't had a chance to check out the World Cup, yo, check it out. Yeah, tomorrow at noon Central Standard Time on Fox says USA Iran. So check it out. So check it out. So like you said, USA needs to win. I know you are a soccer official. You're not on this program of football as they call it around the world. So. Let's see what Team USA does. Now, Lakina, mm-hmm. even though uh, fortunately it's abbreviated edition of Old School TV Monday you know, because we're up against it. But uh, let's go to New York City because I want to be famous with fame. I want to uh-huh. live forever. I figured you were going to do I, I'll, I'll stop I my singing. This. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll yeah. stop my singing. One, because yeah, it's terrible. Up. Number two, no copyright strikes. Yeah, but uh, we <laughs> wanted to say uh, peace and love to the Irene uh, Kara family. Mm-hmm. She passed away over the weekend at age 63 because of death is unknown. But when I heard of her death, I thought of the TV show Fame. Of course, mm-hmm. she didn't sing the TV version uh, of the of the of the theme song she did the movie because remember the movie yep. came out first in 1980 yep. of course the yep. tv show came out on nbc in 1982 uh, t- uh two years later uh, but uh it was an american television series uh which debuted on january 7th 1982 
to May 18, 1987 on NBC. Of course, it starred uh, Debbie Allen, a former Soul Train dancer, by the way. Of course, it featured mm -hmm. other uh, guest stars like Janet Jackson, After Good Times, Before Different Strokes. Once again, mm -hmm. After Good Times, Before Different Strokes. And so mm -hmm. she did her thing going there for a season. Of course, you had Cynthia Gibb, Erica Gimpo, of course, Michael Dillon Lorenzo mm -hmm. before head of the class, yes. before yep. New York Undercover, folks. And so uh, he watched, got his start yeah, watched it, yeah, on there. Last did it last like three seasons of that show, I believe. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. And most of that show, uh, most of the interior interior scenes were filmed in Hollywood in all seasons except the third. The show was filmed, uh, filmed several exterior scenes in New York City. Of course, the, the script of that show was it was based in a, a performing arts high school mm -hmm. in, in New York City. Uh, it was in syndication uh, during the 80s, of course, the early 90s. Too. That's how I caught on to the show. Mm -hmm. And it, it dealt with teen issues. It dealt with uh, the uh, the music in the performing arts industry. Mm -hmm. Remember that the movie and definitely the TV show came out before hip hop was called hip hop. Uh, there was mm -hmm. no rap music. Of course, we grew up in a time where rap music was in its infant years, and then of course it became popular. But uh, in it, this show um, was before hip hop came alive, and you saw uh, performing arts, dancing, acting, and just all around. Uh, talent of young people wanted to pursue their dreams. And I know it's been, uh, the show was very popular overseas as well. And mm -hmm. it has several hits from the, from the cast members. So, uh, uh fame, uh, really doesn't get it to you. I know the motion picture came out, I think a decade ago, Mm -hmm. uh, I, I didn't get a chance to see it, so I cannot comment on whether it was bad or good. But uh, it got its just due in, during this time, but uh, it got lost in the shovel, and it, it brought back memories for me when I heard the news about Irene Cara passing away this weekend. Yeah, I, I've seen, yeah, I saw Debbie Allen did a really nice tribute uh, to to her, I, I believe. I think I saw somewhere Cynthia Gibb. I thought she you know, said something really uh, nice about her because she was mm -hmm. there for, like I said, the last like, three or four seasons of the show. Uh <laughs> It's just definitely it was definitely one of those shows that you didn't really see it. You saw the kind of highest of how the, the music industry works, you know, dancing and you mm -hmm. know acting and, and and such. And there was sort of like the performing arts was kind of like this big thing back then. And yes. I don't think you don't really you don't really see that now. Of course, you know, unfortunately, high schools, you know, they've they've been cutting you know you know performance arts programs mm -hmm. and whatnot. But music programs seeing, in general, which is sad, but yeah, know. it was unfortunate. But but the good news is that you you are seeing kind of this reemergence of performing arts schools. Mm -hmm. So I know there are, I know there are some more than a few here in the here in Chicago and in, in Cook County. So there are a lot of those. So mm -hmm. you know that that's that's a good thing. But yeah, I think fame kind of like definitely kind of like changed the way I think people saw the music industry and how it was. You saw street dancing for the first time. You know, with your know, breakers yes. and such. So you saw. A lot of that. Gene Anthony Ray, who passed away, I believe, like, I think in 2003, if I'm not mistaken, 2002 or 2003. Mm -hmm. uh, I, know, uh, I know he had uh, health issues and such after the the, the, sh the show ended, but, uh, you know, like the, the, the choreography and the dance. Yeah, Gene Anthony is Leroy Johnson, aka Leroy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, of course, our girl uh, Valerie Landisberg. You know, she was mm -hmm. she was you know moving you know, again and going and, and and whatnot. You know, she you know she's still you know doing her thing. You know, you know with dance. I know uh, Carl's and Perdo, I believe. You know, played Danny. That's my Danny. And, you know, he's still yeah. you know still acting as well. So yeah, I think you know, a lot of these guys, a lot of these guys were in New York. You know, New York. You know, born and raised New Yorkers. You know, a lot of them. I know I did an LA version back in the you know the late nineties, early two thousands, which wasn't you know, which I, it was okay. It wasn't like the. the I forgot about name. that. Hmm. 
yeah, it wasn't, it, it was okay. It wasn't great. I can kind of say why it didn't last very long. They tried to make kind of like do the same concept and such, but it just, it didn't work you know, at the turn of the you know, 21st century. So, but Plus, times think, have changed. Times changed yeah, and like they, right. they, they changed from there to now. Right. And also, too, remember, you don't need, you, you have TikTok, you've got Instagram. So you don't really need to, mm -hmm. you don't really have to go to like a performing arts school anymore. Just, you know, go on uh, social media and hope that they, they, you know, somebody sees you. So, I mean, look, for what it was, fame was great for what it was. Didn't get his due, but yeah, you got you know, a lot of folks, you know, before they were stars, of course, Janet Jacks, like you said, Michael uh, mm -hmm. Renzo was there for like the first, like the last three seasons of the show. Of course, Debbie Allen, of course, you all know what she did after that show aired. Uh, but yeah, mm -hmm. Irene Cara, I think definitely stood out. You know, she got an Oscar for Flashdance and, and such. Yep. So, you know, yeah, I mean, like I heard about her death over the weekend. Yeah, that was a, that was tough because yeah, she definitely kind of like changed the way that music and you know acting and such of course sparkle for those of you we're not we're not that old sid obviously but uh yeah i, I, I remember sparkle. sparkle yeah yeah mm -hmm. sparkle. You know, she definitely stood out in that movie but uh yeah so everyone stood out in that that, that and a tv show as well everyone got a chance to shine and such they developed various issues of course they had, did they did they had a drug episode of course because that was a customary in the 80s show to do that it was yeah. kind of a prerequisite or a requirement they did other clever issues as well gangs and such so they definitely, mm -hmm. they definitely went went hard, but yeah, it was mostly fun and entertaining. And that was just what the show show was, and it's supposed to be. Yeah, and one more thing before we close up shot, I was t I was texting with someone over the weekend. As I, the, another uh, thing that popped in my head uh, after I found out that uh, Miss Irene Kara passed away. Remember, she did a guest appearance on What's Happening. Yes, she did. She did. Yep. <laughs> you can check out those clips on YouTube, by the way. <laughs> Yes, yeah. So uh, yeah, she was a foreign well, exchange student. Her, yes, she, she was, was trying to go yeah. after um, Get not married. Roger, her, but um, rerun, rerun. Re 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 <laughs> we were going to begin. Yeah, they were supposed to. Yeah, because she had her. I think she was from like I don't. I forgot where she was from, but uh, her character was from. But yeah, they had to get married. Well, they thought they had to get married to get a, a green card. Yeah, but, mm -hmm. yeah, I remember that episode. Yeah, so I think I think. But I think I think I think it's on Pluto TV. I think what's happening is I think it's on one of the Pluto. TV I think so. Now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, so you guys, you know, check that episode out if you can. And it's on YouTube too, so if you guys can check that that episode mm -hmm. out, I'm sure it's getting got a lot of views over the weekend. <laughs> yeah, so we salute the, the old school TV show fame and peace and love to the family of Miss Irene Cara. All right, on that note, you can follow me at Keena McGee on the Twitter and at Keena's going to be on the IG. You can follow your truly Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0, S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast at War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor on all on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And give War Media a follow at W-A-R-R Media on all socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And don't forget, you can catch Sports Hall Chicago now available on Roku TV. If you have a Roku TV, just tap on the sports folder and download Sports Hall Chicago through that avenue. If you don't have a Roku TV, you have some handheld devices laying around. Just download the Roku TV app and access Sports Hall Chicago through that avenue. So no more excuses. Get with the program and celebrate with the squad. Sports Hall Chicago is now on Roku TV, available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, live and on demand. Right, you can check out our show, of course, Sean and Maya. Um, 
What's uh, up, Cubs? Tonight at six. Tonight, that should be a good one. I know. I know. Jason's gonna be in a very good mood. Uh, we gotta well, get him so, on this program at some point. Yeah, we do. Uh, yeah. Also, to uh, the smoke balls as well. You check them out on the weekend. So uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So oh, Saturdays. Yep. Yeah. So lots of great shows. You know, so, so you, can, you can watch them. And, you know, listen to us. Watch. Uh, watch. Watch. You can watch us at your own leisure anytime you want. Yep. So for Lakina, I'm Sid. This has been Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. We'll catch you on Friday. All right, peace out, y'all. Enjoy all the games and all the NBA, the NHL. Of course, you'll go to U.S. Men tomorrow against Iran, the World Suck Cup. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we'll keep you up on all the, all the latest news you know, coming up. Go Bulls. Holla!